Hello and welcome to another episode of Build, Paint, Play. I'm Dave. And I'm Jake. And this week we're going to be joined by... Josh! Woo! Oh, this way, there we go. I should have planned that. Yeah, I, got, I got it right. I got it right. You got it right. I got it wrong this time. Oh, very, very Jake. Hey, Josh, how you doing? Good, guys. Thank you very much again for having me on today. Excellent. No, uh, it's uh, definitely cool. So Josh from the Crown of Command podcast uh, and uh, Ebby led uh, painting services, painting studio. Um, but yeah, so uh, we are going to be talking all things uh, 90s, I guess. Which is uh, Josh's uh, Josh's passion for um, some of the older uh, systems of Warhammer, the older miniatures, old painting styles. We've got loads of uh, cool photos that he sent through for us to have a look at uh, and chat about, uh, which would be super cool. Uh, we'll say hi to some folks in the chat. We've got Scott here, uh, Mel here, saying, "Come on, Dave, push the button." I was trying to, but Jake was talking. <laughs> It's what I do. It's what I do. It's true. It is what you do. <laughs> Everybody should know that by now. <laughs> Patrick says the suspense is terrible. I hope it will last. Maybe. <laughs> That's a very, uh, when I read that, it was like, oh, this is, feels like very Gene Wilder, uh, Willy Wonka kind of, kind of vibe there. Uh, Chris is here. Carl is here. Um, <laughs> excellent. Hi, Mel. Uh, and Jez is here. Fantastic. Fantastic. We are excited to uh, see some other folks. Um, let's jump into uh, talking about stuff. Josh, before we get Josh, before we get rolling, I do have a question. Sure, man, go for it. You, I, I'm assuming that you are at least ten years younger than Dave and I. Uh, I was going to say older. <laughs> really? How old are you? I'm going to be fifty this year, mate. Okay, Good so we're we're all like. I'm gonna, I'll be 49 this summer. All right. Yeah. He's a little bit older. Already, so. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I was just curious because like uh, like again, looking at your looking at your studio behind you, it yeah. is a trip. It's like I'm reading, it's like I'm reading White Dwarf from back in the day. Yep. Sorry, someone's calling my cell phone. I was you're like, it's right, right. never happened before on the show. Um yeah. <laughs> and like a lot of these boxes, I was like, I remember stocking some of these. Like oh, wow. I definitely had that Warhammer box set that's behind you. Oh, really? um, yep. And I remember seeing copies of like, obviously we had that blood bowl on the shelf at GW when I was there in the early two thousands. Cause again, it was like the, it's the only like real version of the, of the game. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a, it's an absolute trip. Like, is there, is there specifically like bookends that you look for? Like you don't do anything earlier than this and you don't do anything later than this, or is it more like a sort of a soft gradient of like where it kind of wears out? Well, that's a good question because, you know, you held up the third edition uh, Blood Bowl Codex before. I've never played third edition 40K. I sort of stopped. I sort of started at third edition fantasy, stopped at fifth edition fantasy and second edition okay. 40K. So it's that really that sort of time period in uh, Games Workshop I really love the most. Nice. Okay. Yeah. We, we were actually looking at um, last night I was on a podcast and I was or not a podcast. I was doing a uh, gaming stream with a bunch of my friends and um at the end of the stream, uh, Joe Borowski, I don't know if you have him from Death Ray Designs. We, we've had him on before. Super nice guy. But mm. um, he has this itch to build an old Talarn guard army. And all oh, those boxes are like on the wall. It's that same time period. Oh, yeah. And I was like, I'm like, there's not a lot. He's like, I thought there's a bunch of stuff. And I was like, there's like 14 models. He's like, really? I was like, there's the squad of 10 guys. There's the 
two weapon team squads. Yep. There's the lieutenant. There's uh all is it Alraham. Yeah, Alraham, that <laughs> like their general. And then yeah. there's the two different Rough Rider bodies. And and that's it. There's no other there's no other Talarn stuff. And he was like, he's like, oh, I was like, but nowadays, like there's so many cool things like the Victoria Lamb stuff, like her new Rough Riders, and she does her, I think they're called Desert Scorpions, which yeah. are they're you know much more in line now, like true scale, like this the scaling is really good. Uh, he's like, yeah, I kind of have an itch to do the old Talarn stuff, and I was like, well, we're, when we're at Adepticon, we can go through all the bits boxes and see if we can find those fourteen models. <laughs> but oh, it's a trip. That's what brilliant. are the what are the ones you have up on the wall? The ones with the yellow bars. Oh, okay. So that might be Man of War. Is it Man of War you're, you're referring to in this case here? No, to your right. The box is on the wall. Oh, these up here. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. We've got we've got the uh, Space Wolf boxes. We've got Wolf Guard, Long Fangs, Grey Hunters. Um, now on the other side, you can't see that though. I don't think if I can turn my camera up, you can see all the undead boxes up there. Oh my god! <laughs> wonderful commission for David in the US in Florida, um, doing a fourth edition undead army, and all of it was basically in boxes on sprue and everything. All the skeletons were immaculately preserved over all that time. Um, so, good. so yeah, mate. So basically, I've got a, I've got a shrine. Basically, it's a it's a homage <laughs> to really this room. <laughs> I think the I think the the oldest box I can think of that I remember seeing in the stores was when I when I got promoted and got my first store. There was an original box, like the original packaging of the Sisters of Battle. I don't even think they were called Seraphim at the time. I think they were just called Jump Troops. But it was the <laughs> it's the Sisters with the little Jump Angel backpacks. Yep, it's yep. the five metal ones that are on like bits of metal. That's right. There's no flying yeah, stand. They're just like on. Yeah, yeah. yeah they're like extended. <laughs> Like yeah. slotted bases, but it was the original artwork. So when you looked at the wall, it was like, "Whoa, what's that weird-looking box?" But that's that was the oldest thing that we had, like inherited that was still like in the store. Wow. Okay. Yeah, you got some great stuff though. It's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Thanks, mate. Yeah, lots of good memories here. And at the end of the day, I suppose, yeah, I suppose this is really a lot of good memories for people from this period, like Dave and yourself, and a lot of guys, you know, part of this group as well. But you know, for a lot of other people. For a lot of younger guys in our Crown of Command group as well, they're kind of curious about it because, you know, they weren't around when this stuff was out. So they're like, oh, wow, this looks really colorful and the models look really cool and, you know, characterful. And, you know, so they're kind of curious because a lot of people and a lot of the younger generations, they've never seen lead models. They've never seen metal models, only plastics. You know what I mean? So it's kind of that um, that curiosity that leads them down this rabbit hole of 90s games, I think, maybe. Well. I, I definitely started with metal models like Dave and I've talked about this before. I, I got started with like Ral Partha, like Dungeons and Dragons metal minis. Um, cool, but they yeah. weren't, but they weren't even models. They were minis. Like you didn't, you didn't build them. They just came in like a clamshell pack and you, you know, painted them. Um, and when I got into this, it was the rogue trader space ring box. And that's kind of how I get into games workshop stuff. Um, but I mean, I was blown away. Like I was buying them thinking these are space Marine models. I'll just take them out and they'll be all set. And I had built model kits like, you know, I always tell people like the USS Enterprise was like my favorite model kit when I was a kid. I built like three of them. Um, mm -hmm. So I was like, oh, these will be Space Marines. And then I opened it up and I was like, oh, I have to build these guys. Like these are tiny models. Um, yeah. So it was it was wild. But yeah, it's it, it, I think to this day, I think my favorite metal model of all time is probably either the Green Knight or the Hell Cannon. <laughs> oh, nice. Wonderful. Yeah, the Green Knight's a beautiful model. I remember painting that. 
uh, way back when it was released. And yeah, it was just a gorgeous figure that I think I, I don't know what happened to it. I think it maybe sold it or gave it away. I think I swapped it for something. That's right. Same. Like I had one too, and yeah. I had no idea where it is. I was like, yeah. it's like one of the few metal models. I was like, man, I love this model. I was like, I have no idea where it is. Yeah. That's a shame, isn't it? Yeah. It's probably on somebody's shelf somewhere that somebody probably took it out of the case when we were closing the Natick store and it's, it's in somebody's collection now, but yeah, I, um, I remember the, uh, so the fifth edition Warhammer box, which is the one you've got, uh, on the wall there, just above your head is, um, I was in, uh, Adelaide. So, uh, we just open up or yeah, just opening games workshop Adelaide. I was there as the store opening manager. So I was hiring people, training them up, that kind of thing. Uh, and the box arrived and we had, I think we had three days paint all the skinks all the lizard men all the bretonians oh, <laughs> uh, to get them ready for the for the three launch. days yeah it was um it was pretty fierce but yeah we managed it we got it we got it done there was lots of uh, blue spray and uh washes and stuff like that but uh yeah. re remind me that that was what that's that's undead and skaven no no bretonians uh, and lizard men oh, yeah. and lizard men. okay <laughs> Um, I, don't think, I don't think we had it. There hasn't been a Skaven core box. Oh, wait. No, there was. Island of Blood. Island of Blood with Isles and Skaven. Yeah. Isles and Skaven. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just to let you know, everybody know, like all these boxes on the wall, all the miniatures in my cabinets, everything I painted, I did in the last four years, four or five years. Because, <laughs> That's you know, crazy. Because when I came to Japan, I was like massively into Infinity. You know, Infinity was my main game. I played it for like a decade, loved it. Just, you know, just lived and breathed Infinity, painted all the models, did it for commission work, you know, collected my bigger left army and that kind of thing. And we started doing a community, like trying to build a community here in Japan when I got here of Infinity players, both Japanese and, and uh, expats living here. Yeah. Right. It wasn't until a lucky dip in the gaming store uh, when me and a friend were thinking about entering warhammer again but with warhammer roleplay i think the second edition of warhammer roleplay right and there was a lucky dip and in the lucky dip they had all these little blister packs of or little you know cellophane packs of miniatures and he pulled one out and he said oh look josh is a drop dwarf troll slayer like one of the old marauder demon slayer models and i said oh cool yeah okay i haven't painted a warhammer model in years you know and the first thing i noticed was it's all one piece there's no bits to put together it's like a it's like the assembly dream right you just put on the base and spray it and away you go and that was basically the catalyst of everything and then after that it was just you know pouring thousands of dollars and collecting and buying all the old stuff again you know what i mean <laughs> yeah um and awesome. luckily luckily it was a guy here james that had the original box set of fifth edition shrink wrap and the magic set and shrink wrap in storage because he's a u.s serviceman um, okay. here in, in Japan and I was lucky enough to buy them off him at a very reasonable price and that sort of started everything that sort of started the chronic command if you like yeah, yeah. that's awesome that is super cool <laughs> that is that's um, crazy great. just in the uh in the chat there uh we've got uh oh Mel is pointing out that uh that all the viewers current reviewers should hit like on yes the, please yeah please hit the, like. the likes like that's it Mel that's the one uh, and uh, Jesus says, I started just as the slaughter bases came in. I was there, Gandalf, 6,000 years ago <laughs> in the mid 80s. <laughs> uh, Scott says, I recognize Joss's accent. I believe he was originally from Tennessee. <laughs> it's not Tennessee, that's Southern Kentucky. From but, Dave, uh, Dave Land. Yeah. I always, uh, always say, Josh, that I'm from the deep south. 
Aha. Uh -huh. Okay. Yeah. That's, how you, that's how you get away with it, mate. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I am Australian for anybody who's curious. I'm a, I'm a madman in Japan uh, <laughs> with a paint, paintbrush in hand. And uh, yeah, so originally from Australia, but it came to Japan about 10 years ago uh, now. So, and loving what, it. What, 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 what took you to Japan? My wife, mate. Okay. Big choice. Good answer. That's a good I'm answer. I'm gonna live in Australia. Gonna live in Japan. I thought, well, I've lived in Australia all my life. I want to go and experience something different and a different culture, and you know, and it just seemed more interesting to me. And before then, I've already been to Japan a few times and just fell in love with the place. And uh, yeah, I thought, yeah, let's give Japan a try. Um, haven't conquered the language, but I love the culture and people and uh, you know the lifestyle here. So yeah, nice. maybe nice. maybe Dave settled in the in the US for the same reasons. I don't know. Uh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I also have not mastered the language, but yeah, uh, pretty good though. Pretty good. Dave's like Dave's like eighty percent passable. Eighty percent there. Fantastic. Thanks, mate. <laughs> oh, my good friend David Schoolies here. That's the gentleman I paid. Uh, my good friend, I paid all that undead stuff for. Uh, so oh, cool. he's got that now in the U.S. Putting it into glass cabinets nice. as we speak. So that's nice that we came along. Excellent. Welcome, Dave. Uh, good to have you here. Excellent. Okay. Um, well, let's jump into uh, some photos uh, and we'll have a look at some things. First up. Do you want to do photos or do you want to do, do, you want to do hobby stuff? Like, what are you working on? Well, is this what Josh has been working on. No, no. This is um, leading into hobby stuff. Oh, okay. So, because I've got photos of your hobby stuff. Oh, but before we do that, did, did we. Uh, <laughs> did we... Ah, this, well, this brought to you by the can be, uh, oh, it's oh, it's all built in. I love it. I love. Yeah. Awesome. I like to it's make it big, easy for myself to remember. It's one, <laughs> so. big, it's one big. Uh, it's one big all-you-can-eat salad bar. Whatever you want out of it. Yep, exactly. So the uh, <laughs> the first photo we have is of Adam Abramovich from uh, the Army Painter. Uh, so wrapping us hard. I love it. Yeah, this is great. Adam's outside uh, taking a walk with his daughter. Uh, you, down in Louisiana, you can tell it's nice and warm there because he's wearing shorts. Uh, bastard. Um, but uh, yeah, wearing uh, his build paint play t shirt. Very which is nice. Very cool. Very so, nice. Um, down in the, uh, in the notes below, uh, you can find a link to the. Um, where, what are you pointing at, Jake? Pointing the at? list down below. More down below. There we go. <laughs> I need to oh, order one. Sure. Okay. Like anyway, um, yeah. down in the notes below, uh, there's a link to the uh, Alpha Omega Hobby uh, web store where you can uh, place an order for a wonderful build paint play T-shirt of your very own. Uh, if you are outside the country, uh, contact Jake because uh, apparently the the shipping automatically defaults to a really stupid number. Yeah, it's around. it's kind of bonkers. So um... Jake can get you sorted out with a, an actual number. Yeah, and, and also I'll be doing a big um, – I'm going to add a bunch of product tonight. Uh, right now some of the sizes are sold out, um, but I have a I have a new batch coming in the next like 10 days. So if you've placed an order or if you want to place an order, if you wait like 24 hours, um, it'll all be updated. With I mean, you can look right now. A bunch of the sizes are still in stock, but if your size is out of stock, just give me 24 hours and it'll be back in stock. Yep. <clears throat> Exactly. Uh, sorry, I just noticed that Scott had said, uh, should Josh figured if the spiders and uh, and spiders and Wasteland Raiders couldn't get him, then ninjas and Godzilla wouldn't be a problem. Yeah. <laughs> Very true, that. <laughs> and yes, uh, Matt, that is Adam supporting his family and his found family. 
uh, here. <laughs> very Excellent. nice. And uh, Jazz will be grabbing one later on. Uh, very cool. Uh, next up in the um, thing. So uh, at this point in the show, we talk about hobby that we've done. Um, we're going to move on to <coughs> Jake. Uh, I'm going to mute myself because I've got a coughing fit coming. Sure. <coughs> um, so I'm working on I'm working on my flesh eaters, obviously. So I'm trying to knock out uh, the last of my army. I've got about maybe a half done. So these are two scratch built uh, sanguinary priests. Uh, the only sanguinary priest models that exist right now is the old uh, firstborn model, and I have one, and it's a great sculpt. But he looks like a child who is out with a bunch of adults when I put him with this army. So I was like, I can't do that. Um, I have two halves of the Leviathan box and the army list that I made, I, I don't run stern guard. So the torso and legs of these models are stern guard. And then I basically stole bits and converted everything, everything else. So the guy on the right, that's the, um, that's the apothecary head from the Leviathan box. That's just like a, one of the assault intercessor arms, uh, for his left arm, his right arm in the backpack is from the the actual sanguinary priest model. Uh, and then I put some other, there's some other purity seals and stuff on them. And then the guy on the left, same thing. It's a stern guard body. Uh, and then I'm going to paint up the ammo drum that's on his hip. That's supposed to be the stern guard with the heavy bolter. I'm going to paint that up. So it looks like it's got like, like it's a little refrigeration unit. So like that's where he keeps gene seed. And then that's the right arm from the gravis apothecary. <clears throat> and then it's a left arm. Uh, from I think just an old school like 40k apothecary, and then I cut him at the wrist and gave him a chain sword. Uh, that's one of the Blood Angel shoulder pads with the vials, and then I use the Blood Angel standard on top of his uh, backpack just to draw attention to him because he doesn't have the you know the the headlight backpack. And then that's one of the heads from the I think that's from the Sanguinary Guard sprue. I think I think so. Um, yeah. But yeah, they were they were really fun to make. Like I, it was a lot of like cutting and sort of shaving plastic just to make everything sit right. But they were uh, they, I'd like this was always my favorite part of of the hobby was converting uh, models, and it's it's a lot harder to do now with everything being kind of monopose and you know pre like selected. But this was easy. I was like, I have so many bits, I just got to like figure out like what I want and then get all the pieces. So yeah, yeah, that, that looks super cool. Thanks Matt Ball says, uh, "Jake, it's nice to see you got your bartender done." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like you, you have to be—you have to be—you have to be 210 years old to drink from that chalice. <laughs> awesome. Um, next up, uh, we have. Oh, sorry. Oh, my lieutenants. So, same thing. I needed two lieutenants, and they both have to have power fists. So. The one power fist on the left, and again, these are made again with the stern guard bodies. So they're the guy on the left, that right arm and the body are from the stern guard kit. And then the power fist and the mohawk are like additional pieces. The power fist is from the assault intercessor sprue. Um, I had to I had to file it a little bit again because it, it was a monopose model, I had to get it to fit right. Um, but it was pretty easy. And then I think that shoulder pad is from, I think that shoulder pad is from one of the old, like veteran boxes or one of the, I think it's from the, I think it's from the van, the old Vanguard veteran box. Okay. And then the guy on the right, um, <clears throat> that the, uh, the power fist and the studded shoulder pad are from the old, like Jess Goodwin, uh, tactical Marine box. I believe 
the fist i think is from the devastator box yeah i think so and yeah. then i don't remember where i got that that plasma pistol i think that might be because it's a cybernetic arm from like the elbow down right. but it's a primaris arm and i was like i don't remember what box that came in i want to say it was the old i think it's the old commander box okay but i don't i don't remember but um but yeah they were fun and then i think the guy on the right his mohawk is from cyborg and the one on the left i think that's a puppets war mohawk um <laughs> but all my all my lieutenants have the standard mohawk all my sergeants have transverse mohawks cool yeah that's a, a fun way to denote them on the tabletop yeah it was it was fun and i'm going to use all like latin terminology so instead of a captain i have a legate and then instead of uh lieutenants i have tribunes and then instead of sergeants i have centurions cool, cool. but love yeah they were fun yeah cool. and then, <laughs> I, I love this guy so that's just the the relic shield captain from the indomitus box i think yeah yeah um and then he's a super easy conversion i used one of the two different platforms he comes with because i didn't want him to look like he's standing on like a mountaintop like i i didn't go the jeff smith like tactical rock route like i was like i'm just gonna have him just i, I wanted him to kind of fit in with the army he's still noticeably bigger um but the shield was a little too much i basically shaved off the the you know the dead marine where they we talk about this all the time where it's like oh yeah that's battle brother steve i just taped him to the front of my shield so <laughs> i i shaved off the body and i kept like the scroll work down the bottom and i have a, a like a, just like a skull there then i'm gonna paint up make it look like a relic and then i put a big flesh eater badge like where the logo would be and then that's the that's the i think that's the dark angel yeah that thing i was like nope right so i shaved <laughs> off all the body and the legs hanging down the bottom um and i think that helmet is from the i think that's from like the dark angels it might be the vengeance box the old dark vengeance okay like, I, I think yeah but the idea is that when I have him completely painted, um, so flesh terrors always, uh, flesh eaters always have a white stripe. So he'll be the only one in my army that has a red helmet, like with no stripe. And then okay. he'll have the, I'll do the gold trim and then the white wings. So looking at him from this angle, his head will be the Blood Angels logo. Okay. Cool. So it'll be a red drop within the white wings. Um, but he'll, he'll be, he'll be fun. I'm excited about this guy. Excellent. He's so busy. There's so much stuff on him. I didn't add too much. If anything, I took stuff away because I was like, this model has a lot going on. Yeah. He has so much flair. <laughs> All the flair. You can see it hanging from his belt there. Yeah. They're looking, uh, looking very cool. <laughs> Thanks, man. Yeah. yeah. And then in the background, you can kind of see him. That's the apothecaries and lieutenants. And then I also knocked out two repulsors and 10 uh assault intercessors so all i have left to build is i have another repulsor started i have to finish that and an executioner and then the te 10 death company and then everything is built right wow nice so cool. are you excited about that yeah it's uh it's nice to have it all built uh next thing i gotta do is i gotta order a foam tray from battle foam that will hold mm -hmm. four repulsors it's okay. a custom tray i designed it it, it it perfectly holds four repulsors, and there'll be a hole in the middle that's five inches deep where I can put my um, standard bearer. Nice. And then uh, I got to get that ship so I can bring all this to Adepticon. Right. <laughs> Excellent. That'd be cool. Nice. Uh, how about you, Josh? What have you been working on personal hobby-wise? 
Uh, well, uh, due to my job, I don't get a lot of time to work on my own personal stuff, unfortunately, but I do squeeze in just that little bit of time on, you know, in early mornings and that kind of thing. And I don't have any photos, but I'm going to show, I'm going to hold up a miniature. Maybe you'll recognize or someone in the in the chat will recognize. If you that looks that. like one of the old Hero Quest orcs. Ah, there you go, Jake. Yep, remembered it well, yeah. mate. So that's what I'm actually painting up the Hero Quest set, the very first thing I ever bought that was in association with Games Workshop, obviously, for the miniatures. But I never had the skill because, you know, I didn't know how to paint miniatures. But now, you know, all these years later, after the recent death of um, uh, Brian Ansell, I really wanted to go and paint all the Milton Bradley game box sets like HeroQuest, Space Crusade and uh, Battlemaster sets in like in commemoration of his passing and that kind of thing. Because, you know, to say like, thank you for all the awesome games and, you know, stuff that you brought to the hobby. For so many people so yeah it's a really fun passion project i'm working on now oh, that's awesome that's very yeah. cool that's yeah great. nice nice super cool um so just quickly jumping into the uh chat matt ball says what makes space marines strap remains of a person on a shield uh psychopathy um <laughs> scott uh scott says i hope when i've lived a good enough life that when i die my friends parade my bones around Except that we're not soldiers. <laughs> so maybe do it on golf bags or something like that. We'll tie it to the back of a car or truck or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> like a way. Uh, Lee is here. Lee's joined us. First time here. Blame Mel. We blame Mel for a lot of things. So that's okay. Uh, I'm here to spy on your shelves and judge you by your book collections. Fantastic. <laughs> my book collection's over there, so you won't actually see it. This is just my. Yeah, yeah, anybody and anybody who's new, please like, please like and subscribe down below. Tell yep. your friends, help spread the word. Uh, we're we're trying to get bigger. We're we're over four hundred. I, I would love to hit five hundred by Adepticon. That would be awesome. Yep, that would be great. Uh, Josh says, um, "We see Matt Balls, brother Steve, always liked to be at the front of the action, so he strapped him to the front of the shield." Uh, the, the, the weirdest thing to me about the whole the whole skull thing is like it's very chaosy. You know, like the Night Lords always have like bodies strapped to their their tanks, and like the the word bearers always have bodies strapped to their tanks. So, like when they did it with the Space Marines, I was like, the skulls I get, the skulls I get, but like the whole body, I'm like, it seems a little. <laughs> the the difference there is that Chaos will like Chaos strap their enemies' bodies. Sure, yeah. kind of like like Reavers in um, <clears throat> Firefly. Yeah. So, but for the Space Marines, it's their friends. Right, but my point is that it's it's technically the same guys. Like if Brother oh, Steve yeah. dies and the Night Lords get to him, he's going on their tank. If Brother Steve dies and they don't get to him, <laughs> he's going on someone's shield. Like, so I think I think the point you're making is if, if you don't want to be strapped to something when you die, follow chaos. I was gonna say I was gonna say overload your <laughs> overload your plasma pistol. Gotcha. Overload your plasma pistol. Right. <laughs> don't draw the the shortest straw, maybe. Yeah, that's my that's my that's my that's my exiting move is I overload my plasma pistol. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Um <laughs> Calvin only says uh, uh 1991. Was that uh, was that when Hero Quest was released? 91? I think so, yeah. I think 91. Yeah. Um, right. and just says they've been playing through that again, starting at Keller's uh starting with Keller's Keep on Brilliant. Sunday. Oh, sorry, they are starting Keller's Keep on Sunday. That was that was a, that was Milton Bradley, right? Yep, that's Milton Bradley, mate. Yeah, so the guy who, who started HeroQuest formerly worked at Games Workshop. That's that's how he made that connection. So he knew he knew Brian Ansel. He knew the guys at Games Workshop. So he just got them in touch with Milton Bradley, and that's how they associated 
that got them to make produce all the miniatures and everything for the game and i think maybe the internal art and all that kind of stuff as well maybe my yeah, yeah so. my aunt my aunt or sorry my godmother's mom yeah worked at parker brothers which is a very small game uh board game company that was yeah. here in new england it was here in the uh, right in massachusetts yeah. and then parker brothers like got bought by milton bradley and they merged them and she always like i always got the coolest gifts from her so we always got like you know board games and puzzles and toys and stuff but she yeah. i remember she got us hero quest and my my cousins and i like lost our minds like uh, 91 so i would have been i would have been like a i think i was a freshman or yeah. i was i was a sophomore in high school and right. for christmas we got hero quest and and we were like this is awesome like we were super psyched <laughs> yeah, that's right man yeah nice uh Lee says, just realized you're the Dave from Mel's book. I am the Dave from Mel's book. He is. That's him. That's him. <laughs> that's the one. <laughs> it is, it is gonna be, uh, so, yeah, this is my face. Uh, <laughs> it's a lovely one. Uh, but, yeah, thanks, Lee. Definitely cool. Um, Scott says, chaos straps bodies with hate. Marines straps bodies with love. They're totally different. Yeah, different. Totally different. <laughs> Brother Steve's last name was Ablative. <laughs> I, remember, I remember buying, like, you were talking about the other game that they made, the Battle Masters. And yeah. I remember, I remember yeah. having seen like Bretonian armies, and all of the back then. I think the what was the edition that had like Empire in the starter set for Fantasy? Oh, did they um, in the starter set. They definitely uh, did. Really? It's six. It's six. Okay. Yeah. So I think I think that's the one that was out at the time. And I remember being like, I want to play Bretonians, and you couldn't get yeah. that box anymore. And I was like. I bet I could just buy battle masters and put them on movement trays. And the problem is that they deliberately made them slightly bigger. Like all the horses are like all stretched out. So I tried to get them and, and trim them so they'd fit on trays and it didn't work. And I got frustrated. I was like, ah, that's stupid. I put it all back in the box. Um, but my brother and I used to play battle master all the time. The giant, the, the blue plastic Marauder yeah. giant is like one yeah. of the best models. <laughs> yeah. I love him. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, you can you can easily transfer like a lot of the foot soldiers, the Empire foot soldiers, straight into your Empire armies. They're a little bit smaller. Yeah, yep. the things a little bit smaller, but you know, if you put them amongst other stuff, you wouldn't know. You know, so yeah, sure. you know, it's all good. You got so much stuff in that box. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's crazy, mate. I actually got mine in Japan because they made a Japanese translated version of it. Amazingly, right? Uh, which really surprised me because you know because Gangs Worship didn't really hit Japan until Fifth Edition era. So 1996, when they right. started opening up stores and that kind of thing uh, here in Japan. So I was really surprised to see they actually translated a version just for Battlemasters. And I don't know if Space Crusade and Hero Quest got the same, treat same treatment or not, but I found one here in a secondhand store, fully complete and everything, and I bought it for my son. But he was a bit too young at the time to really appreciate it and have a lot of you know attention, you know, attention span issues and that kind of thing. But later like this year i'll paint it and hopefully this christmas we'll get it on the on the on the floor because you've got to play it on the floor that mat is so big yeah. because it's not six by four it's like like eight I, by I, six or something I, I like that he's like yeah i collect all 90 stuff so what i did was i bought battle masters uh for yeah. my son so <laughs> battle, it's like yeah, okay like i get it as a dad sure you're, like, you did. I, you're like i want to play that i mean with my son obviously but i want to I'll play for you but you can't touch anything okay <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome at um at historicon last year there was uh somebody was running a, a game of battle masters on oh, uh, i think it was like i think they had four sets of battle masters that they lined up oh, just one table. Oh, yeah. 
amazing. I remember seeing that because they they pan down the table and there's like the there's what there's that square tower. That's right. Yep. So there was like a square tower, like every every on all the mats where it's supposed to be. And I was like, oh, this is great. It took me back. That'd be awesome. Yeah, you guys are so lucky to have Adepticon. That means it it just seems like a dream convention to go to because you got a lot of the older stuff and the newer stuff all together and people really passionately playing games and you know all that kind of stuff you should you 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 should come japan has airplanes i know i love it i would love to i'd love to (laughs) yeah it'd be great mate yeah bucket list mate so definitely it'd be cool to have you over yeah right um so uh sorry uh carl says uh that's interesting i thought they hit japan in fourth edition Carl, you're talking 40k. We're talking Warhammer, so slightly, slightly different there. But um, <laughs> uh, they, um, yeah. So a little bit earlier, and the Tau in 2001, 2000, 2001 was um, sort of part of that sort of drive into um, the Japanese market, for sure. Uh, <laughs> getting real KB vibes, KB toys yeah. vibes in this episode, definitely definitely um okay quickly uh we will jump oh sorry no one thing um so i've been painting up my uh dreadnoughts for tale of four warlords and uh one thing i wanted to show i'm not sure if we've got cliff in the uh chat yet but i'm painting their names i've given each of them names uh, my friend when i say i've given them my friend uh, dave pals uh created some names for me but uh this guy is um ice bear so he's one of the Brutalis Dreadnoughts that I've got. Um, you'll notice I've gone completely black for the Brutalis Dreadnought. Okay. Um, rather than the gray, uh, having some of the gray. Working on my Ballista Dreadnought, which is half black, half gray. So I'm just sort of messing around with some different arrangements of the colors on the nice. Dreadnoughts. Very nice. Uh, but yeah. On the top, I'm, uh, Cliff Ed has suggested that I use um, some, some Ogham runes. I don't know if I can show that towards the camera. Let me get that. Anyway, I'll take some photos for uh, two weeks' time. It looks like a big Y with a bunch of kill like kill markers on it. Basically, yeah. There's a lot of... Uh, so Ogham, uh, Ogham runes are from uh, Ireland. Uh, they're found in Ireland and Wales. Uh, uh, sort of very early writing systems but yeah lots of basically there's a line and then there's lots of hash marks across it so depending on the letter it could be one hash mark two three four five yeah could be angled could be flat could be just out one side just out the other side um Mm. (laughs) could there be any more blacker no um he couldn't but uh yeah so decided to use those so each of the uh dreadnoughts and walker sort of things will have that kind of um parchment looking cool. nice yep. i like it nice so some of them are a little bit longer some of them a bit shorter uh one of the what do you call it the victor tactical war suits has i gotta find the name um uh the ratatoska uh, oh that's uh, the squirrel who runs up and down the world tree yep the horn squirrel from the uh, icelandic saga so Super cool. So that's what I've been messing around with that as well as um, painting up a few more uh, yeah. Gore Grunters cool. for um, a commission. That's a weird That's a weird flex for that uh, Space Marine Army, but I like it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're massive models, aren't they, those things now? Yeah. They are. So those, you're using those in place of the Outriders? Uh, yeah. Yeah. They're going to cool. be great. 
Uh, you can tell that they're space marines because they've strapped their friends. Yep, yep, there you go. <laughs> their armor. Yep. Um, yeah, anyway, uh, that's what I've been working on. <laughs> Ridiculous. Uh, there we go. Joe says it's an Irish alphabet. The center line is normally the corner of the um, standing stone. Oh, okay. That's cool. So they are sending stones like that and then carved into lines on either side or across. Excellent. Thanks for that, Jess. I knew you would know. Nice. Um, so just quickly before we jump into talking about a lot more about Crown of Command, uh, the Crown of Command podcast and uh, the heavy lead painting, uh, we have a couple of uh, hot tips this week. So the hot tips this week are two um, Instagram accounts uh, for you to check out. Uh, first on the left is uh, Alfonso Heraldez, uh, Banshee, known as Banshee in the painting world. Alfonso uh, is the, I believe, the creative director for um, Scale 75 now. Yep. Um, but he is a brilliant painter, um, does some awesome awesome work uh and this is one of his recent posts thought jake would like the uh the wolverine Every, i mean everybody likes wolverine so yeah yeah <laughs> it's true but he looks uh looks fantastic such uh incredible character yep and the other one there is el miniaturista uh who is just um basically killing it as far as um object source lighting goes yeah that purple is crazy yeah, I mean, he's got so much lighting going on in that that uh, that image, but yeah, if it like he has probably the last two or three years um, really sort of elevated to being the top of the object source lighting game. So if you want some amazing inspiration or you just want to see some uh, super cool models, go mm. and check out those uh, accounts. We've got those linked in the notes below. Fantastic. Very nice. Um, and yeah, uh, Josh says OSL on NMM, quite vibrant. Very much so. But yeah, beautiful work from both of them. Uh, yeah. Awesome. Oops. That's what? That's that's Castle and Crow? Uh, yeah. Yeah. With his, with his demon sword? Yep. So I, what love do you think? The, I love the whole lore of that. Like, it's like he's a gray knight, and it's like, I found this demon sword. And it's like, well, shouldn't you not be using that? it'll possess you and it's like right except it can't because like his will is so strong that the demon has no toehold but if anybody else were to get it like the demon will get free and it'll like take them over and now the demon is loose so he's like well i have to just keep it yeah I, like i love it <laughs> we, we can't trust anybody else yeah so here's a here's a question then uh do you think castle and crow um is he a straps friends onto the front of his shield Straps anybody <laughs> Where does he stand? I don't think he straps anybody onto the front of anything because he doesn't have a shield. Okay. Okay. Uh, good point. Yeah. <clears throat> sure. Be sensible. But he, doesn't, he doesn't have to worry about with the demon that lives in his sword. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> to worry about. Yeah. There's so many talented people on Instagram. I, I I follow Instagram a lot, and um, I'm always amazed by some of the level of painting from painters out there and the, around the world. And it's a great way. For so many people to, to you know to outsource your pictures and your you know, your talents and what it might be you know miniature painting scale modeling whatever it might be um, some really talented people out there so that's great to see yeah and sure. I think Banshee's been in for a long time I mean he's he's he around since like the early uh, cool mini and not days I think 
Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, that kind of era, you know what I mean? So, yeah. No, definitely. Uh, but yeah, awesome stuff. Nice. So uh, next up, we are moving into talking about Crown of Command podcast and Heavy Lead. So, Josh, tell me about uh, the podcast. Talk to me about Crown of Command and where that where that came from. Uh, who the type of people you talk to? What do you focus on? All that sort of fun stuff. Yeah. Okay. So the Cranic Man podcast. Wow. That that sort of started around. Um, you know, as I talked alluded to before. You know, I've, I've collected and amassed all this stuff, all this games, which stuff in the nineties, a good five years ago now. Right. Um, that's when it all sort of started, and I, I, you know, I sold off a lot of stuff to get the money to buy all this, you know, all this nineties games like fifth edition Warhammer, fourth edition Warhammer, second edition forty k. So I accumulated all this stuff, and of course, I had to sort of um uh you know try to persuade a lot of the guys who are game with to start playing these old games again which is a hard sell because you know if you say hey let's play you know fifth edition warhammer they go huh what really is are you serious you know because <laughs> you know these games are so outdated and you know they probably played these games because i'm a bit older than the other guys in the group um they would have probably picked up fifth edition when they were in like you know public school primary school you know uh, junior high school whatever in some cases, when they're in elementary school, they first found Warhammer Fifth Edition. You know, so this is going back a long, long way for them. But fortunately, I persuaded a few of the guys to join in my mad pursuit of playing Fifth Edition Warhammer, and that's how it all started. So we started playing a few games, and I introduced new people uh, that had never played Fifth Edition before into it as well. And then I started, and I think COVID sort of began at that stage. So we're all in lockdown, well, in lockdowns, we're not getting together and that kind of thing. And I started posing questions on Facebook in the fourth and fifth uh, Warhammer Fantasy um, group. as like, how did you get into the hobby? You know, what was your origin story into getting into Warhammer and all that kind of thing? So that that sparked a lot of, lot of responses from people. And, you know, I think depending on, you know, what age they were, generally most people got in through a hero quest like I did or Space Crusade or something like that. They discovered Games Workshop, they discovered painting and uh, collecting miniatures and Warhammer eventually. And I thought, well, it'd be really nice to have those stories, but you know, because, because of the transitive nature of Facebook, you lose all that stuff. You know, it's there for a day and it's gone. You know what I mean? So I really wanted to bring their stories in a, a different format. And I thought about podcasting. I didn't know anything about how to start a podcast. So I got some help along the way and then um, thought about a, a title for the podcast, what would be good. And as a Night Goblin player from back in Fifth Edition days, uh, it was essential and mandatory to take the Crown of Command as the uh, the magic item for your general so that you, you would have this leadership 10 bubble around your army kind of thing. Yeah, which you, <laughs> so, which you definitely needed with them. Yeah, absolutely, because you, you're just going to be crushed if you didn't take it, you know. That, that's the biggest uh, role, that one. That, that's it. <laughs> without a doubt. It's like, okay, it, what, you, your strength is you have loads and loads of models. You've got these fanatics. It's amazing. Um, what's your weakness? Oh, my low leadership. Well, how about we give you this thing that makes your leadership higher than everybody else? <laughs> but if you kill the commander, it's then you, you just, you're just gone. Like, it's just going to just yeah. destroy your entire army. They're going to run off to the hills. But I thought that'd be cool. Having like the crown of command, it seems like one of those, the, the name sort of just fit. 
And and I didn't really realize until later, still so someone pointed out, oh, that's from uh, Talisman. And of course it was. The, the original Crown of Command was from the Talisman board game, uh, which I do have the second edition copy on my shelf that I bought when I was about 17. I still got that. That's one of the surviving things I had. I never sold it. Um, and then it sort of started from there. And I sort of, you know, sort of made my sort of very first footsteps into podcasting, the podcasting world and learning a lot about how how to do a good podcast, how to not do a bad one and, you know, terrible audio. I mean, for anybody who's listened to the very first uh, episodes of the Chronic Command, I really feel sorry for you because there would be really bad <laughs> audio quality and I didn't know what I was doing. But the, the enthusiasm was there and I, I connected with a lot of people around the world from Canada to Europe, um, Australia, and in Japan as well. And, you know, the, the Crane of Command community started growing slowly but surely and more and people started coming. And, and, you know, during COVID, during the lockdowns, we didn't have a lockdown in Japan. Okay. But, of course, in Europe and America, you guys were at home and, you know, bored stiffless and, and you know, you wanted to find something to do. And a lot of people started getting their old collections out and started painting their old models, you know, from Warhammer 40K or whatever. And this whole movement started, I think you would have noticed during COVID, like all these Facebook groups, their membership started increasing, like Second Edition 40K group, the Whammer groups, whatever, Middle Hammer. Yeah. And this, it got a bit of a resurgence, and um, which is great to see. So not that I don't think a lot of people were playing the games, but I think they just enjoyed the nostalgia of collecting and painting the models of their youth, you know. Right. Um, so that's how it all sort of began and it sort of just grew, grew from there. And, you know, I'm, I'm still really enthusiastic and passionate about 90s games um, to this day and talking to people and meeting people and talking about their experiences and, you know, because everyone's got a different story, you know, um, how they got into the game, into the hobby. Right. Um, so that's how it really started, man. Cool. That's yeah. awesome. The... Um... I think uh, you've had, well, how many episodes are we up to now? You're, I think it's about 120 now. 120. Yeah. Nice. There's a, so there's a, a great um, depth of uh, episodes to go back and uh, check out. If you go back about like 14, 15 months, um, you'll find a, an episode with a, an interview with a, a plucky young lad from Australia um, who That's right. then went on to. Uh, start his own YouTube live stream with uh, with Jake. That's it. That's right. <laughs> Dave, Dave's been a guest on my on my podcast, and they'll be coming back again with Jake again soon. I think on the 17th, we've got you booked in. Uh, because, yep. you know, but as part of the Chronic Command, you know, as I started interviewing, like, just people, I really wanted to interview also people who are creators um, who are doing great things in the community and sort of giving them a bit of a, you know, bit of a voice a bit of a boost you know so people more people would find out about what they're doing and connect with them on social media like youtube or facebook groups or whatever uh to help you guys out because you know i i you know i i just enjoy talking to people and finding out what motivates them about the hobby why they're still doing this you know all these years later uh why aren't you playing computer games you know it seems much easier <laughs> why do you go through all this you know all this trouble of you know but, you know, the hobby is so encompassing, you know, because some people just do it for the collecting. Some people just do it for the painting. Some people just love the meta of the gaming. Uh, otherwise, it's a combination of all these things. Or like Mel, who likes doing terrain, and you know, has his own community there, at the you know, the terrain 
um, terrain attack, the terrain, the terrain shooter, sorry, uh, YouTube channel, and that kind of thing on Facebook. So everyone's coming in from a different angle uh, into the hobby, and it's a very fulfilling, uh, very satisfying uh, thing too, because you're building something, you're making something, um, and uh, I think people appreciate it for that, and they're getting their kids involved because we're all now dads, and you know, uh, we're trying to get the younger generation to it as well. You know, things like Battle Masters, you know, getting that on the table. You know, no one's like kids never seen this stuff before. You right. know, <laughs> they've never seen and because you know, I, I took, I don't know, what was it? Um, that's right, I took HeroQuest because I used to be a teacher uh, teaching English here in Japan. I took that to one of my classes and the kids were just blown away. You know, there was they'd never seen anything like it, you know. And I've got them all playing. I, I would just sit back and watch them. And one of the girls would read, she would be like the game master and she would read all that sort of old English text in the book. Right. You know, like the old, old, the old English, whatever it's called, you know, like this really old sort of fashion style of uh, fantasy kind of script on the, the, the flavor text, basically, to set the scene for the adventure. And she would be reading this stuff. And, I, you know, I love it. It was great. And the kids just had a great time. Um I I so, think we're in we're in a unique we're in a unique position. Like um so we're like we're all like we're not like there's a bunch of guys I know who are at least 20 to 25 years older than us who yeah. are like sort of the first wave of gamers, and we're kind of that Gen X like second wave of gamers. Like yeah. the original guys are guys like you know Gary Gygax and you know uh Ed Greenwood, guys who like created Dungeons and Dragons in the world and you know, right. the Rick Priestley's of the world and all these guys who like made all this stuff. And and they got into that because of games like D&D &D and, you know, toy soldiers and historical figures and things like that. And then our generation, the Gen X guys are the guys who kind of like got on board once they got that rolling. So like you said, the all yeah. the 90s era stuff, which again is still third edition, fourth edition Warhammer Fantasy, not first yeah. or second edition. So we, we missed some of that. And even when I got introduced... Rogue Trader was technically what was out when I first got exposed to it, but I've never played a game of Rogue Trader. It's the only edition I've never played. And then, um, you, so you look at all that stuff, and then it kind of went through like a lean, a lean phase, kind of like in the, I would say like the late '90s is kind of went. It went through this weird phase where not really a lot of people were playing it. It wasn't something that was super popular. And then you went through a big boom recently, where like D and D is massive. Like yeah. people are playing Warhammer. Like the fact that you've guys like Henry Cavill talking about <laughs> like you know oh yeah i play i paint miniatures like i forget who, i forget the interview but he was doing some interview on i think on the graham norton show and it's him and another guest and graham goes so you've talked before about toy soldiers and i love that graham pretends like he's not sure what it is and i'm like you're in england man like <laughs> games, workshops, games workshops in england are like dunkin donuts are in mass in the united states yeah. there's no way he doesn't know what it is yeah, like maybe yeah. he doesn't play it but there's no way he doesn't know so for the audience, he explains, oh, it's it's toy soldiers, whatever. So while he's answering this question, you see Henry Cavill lean over and goes, I mean, I paint custodes. And then one of the other guests goes, oh, I paint Space Marines. And the two of them start going, oh, yeah, they, they kind of lean off camera and they're like nerding out about it. And I was like, that's awesome. Like, that's like they're just like us. Everybody just yeah. wants to play cool games. But yeah. we're also in this very unique time. We're kind of in the golden age of gaming. Yeah. Where. Hero Quest is getting is reprinted now. We have yep. the new Hero Quest in stock at my store. It's yep. phenomenal. It's basically a reprint of the original. The only difference is they got rid of the Games Workshop content because their mm. licenses expired. Mm. 
So it's all new minis and they look great. And it's all new like graphics and like layout and stuff. But it's the same game. Like if you bought it and you gave it to the kids at, the, at your school, they're going to be like, oh, it's Hero Quest. Like it's it's absolutely yeah. identifiable. You've got, oh, you know, yeah. there's, there's the new, um, yeah, the old barbarian. Oh, was like <laughs> My favorite was the wizard. The, the wizard like this. With yeah. the, like that, guy, that guy's the best. Yeah, so yeah. yeah, that guy's awesome. Um, yeah. But like, so now there's the new, um, uh, you said Crown of Command is from, what's the board game? Oh, Talisman. Yeah, so like, there's like five versions of Talisman oh, now. Yeah. I know. I there's like that. the new version of Talisman. There's a Batman Talisman. Yeah. There's a like, yeah. there's a Disney one that um, uh, what's that it one called? I can't remember what it's called. But Did, um, didn't they do like a Final Fantasy uh, kind of Disney thing one as well? Yeah, it's the it's the one um, with the keys. That's the one. Yeah, I can't think of the name. I don't I play can't think, I, can't think I didn't play that. Uh, but, <laughs> but, like, but there's so many of them. So there, there's those, and then there's the there's Relic. Relic is the 40k version of right. of the game. It's it's very right. similar. That's right. Uh, but like it's it's just so easy now, and you've got all these. And people keep asking me, they're like, "Why do you think this is happening?" And I was like, "It's because the people who are our age, Gen Xers, are now running these companies, and they're like, you know, what was really cool, Thundercats. We're gonna make a new Thundercats show for Netflix. We're gonna make a new He-Man show. We're gonna make a bunch of superhero movies. We're gonna, you know, have Warhammer TV. And it's because the Gen Xers that grew up in the sec- in like sort of the 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 resurgence of this." are mm. now in charge of these companies, which is why you have so right. many options now, which is great. I think it's good for everybody. Yep. I think, I think you're absolutely hit, hit the nail on the head there, Jake. I think there are two different, different, two different eras. Like you, you talked about like the D and D era, the hero quest era. And I think the, the, the Lord of the Rings was a massive thing for games workshop, getting people in the doors, finding out about their products and that kind of thing. So you've got three big eras of, you know, uh, generations that came through, Game social in that way, yeah. Um, yeah. But you're right, yeah. If you if you talk to anybody in the industry, they're all got sort of some kind of tie back to games workshop somehow. They worked in the stores, you know. They worked at the studio or whatever. Yeah, I say it every time. It's we're like a virus. We're everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> James James got it in the comments. James said it's Kingdom Hearts. That's Kingdom what it is. Yeah, Kingdom Hearts. That's the one. Yeah, yeah it's like a, it's like a Disney comments. Final Fantasy mashup. Yeah, yeah. Just quickly in the uh, in the chat, uh, Jason says, "Old enough to remember Battle Masters, also old enough to grunt and groan and try to get back up from the floor." I yeah, said. I did that too because I did it with a friend of mine. Because Justin, my good friend here in Japan, that was his first game that he ever played. He bought like a tabletop, you know, war game. So I said, "Okay, let's play it together." So we got on the floor, and mate, it killed me. You know, my leg, my my knees, you know, because yep. I, I we don't have a table big enough to to uh, to put that mat on. You know what I mean? I need yeah, to. Yeah make one but my you, know, house- we found out, you know we found out was was pretty good so at my house my parents had an old ping pong table yeah that my friends and i use as our D table we right. we basically it wasn't one of the huge ones that folded in half but it was yeah. gigantic so we yeah. just i removed the bolts and pulled the net and i put um like a green uh not astroturf but like oh it's a green felt mat and yeah. then i would just put the battle master mat over it but it yeah. also fits i think it fits on a pool table my uncle had a pool table and we played it on that when we were little because we weren't allowed to use the pool table. So I was like, okay, we'll put this on top of the pool table. And then we just played there. But that prevents you from having to like, you know, kneel down and blow out your knee and 
do yeah. all that stuff. <laughs> I might as well take it to the local pool store then and just see if I can just borrow the pool. I, yeah, you can hire the pool tables. I can suppose I can hire it to play Battle Masters on maybe one day. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. There we go. But, um, yeah. Uh, Scott says, please tell me, Josh, you continued to teach your English students to talk all old timey. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think that's yeah, the that authentic way to speak. And, and the great thing, she yeah. loved it. She really got into the whole thing, you know, and she liked, liked, you know, trying to kill off the characters and that kind of thing in the game. It was wonderful. It's beautiful to watch. Yeah. Yep. Oh, that is awesome. Yeah. Jazz, Jazz says, Verily, Scott, tis ye most efficacious parlance for rhetoric. <laughs> and the thing about what, what uh, Jake said before, you know, the re releases, I mean, these kids can now go and buy that game. You yep. know what I mean? They yep. can relive those great memories I had when I was a teenager playing HeroQuest. They can do it now with this new iteration. Yeah. Okay, it doesn't have the femur in it, or it doesn't have all the Chaos Warriors and stuff in it, but it's it's still the same game, you know, just yeah. with different characters in it, different beasties or whatever, you know what I mean? And the, so, and the minis, the minis cool. are great. Like, you still have all the undead, because, yeah. like, yeah. so there was all the undead. They still have, like, orcs and goblins. There are demons, but I don't think they're... Like they're not like games workshop demons. It's like more like they're more like devils. It's like devil dudes. Yeah. Um, yeah. But like, and again, yeah. the, the 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 technology has come so far that the sculpts yeah. are so much better and the miniatures are the quality is so much better. But again, yeah. it's all plastic. You can get the whole thing for like I think it's seventy bucks. Yeah, That's like it's amazing. crazy. And yeah. there's like two expansions. So if you really like it, you buy yeah. the expansions and it comes with one is like all orcs and lizard men and has a bunch of new adventures in it. And then the other one is all more undead and has a bunch of new adventures in it. And I was like, what a great idea. It's like, do you, I want to play a board game that's like more than just, you know, rolling dice and moving guys around. It's like, okay, cool. Let's play hero quest. So I've yeah. got, I've got a, there's a guy in a discord who plays the new hero quest with a group of people. And what he's done, he's got a room just dedicated for his HeroQuest board and table setup and everything like that. But the walls, he's got wallpaper of like, you know, like like a dungeon sort of style <laughs> wallpaper on there with like the the fire lanterns and stuff like that on the sides. And it's brilliant. Like it's just like you're just you're in the dungeon itself and you walk into that room. Nice. It's so cool. So <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm glad that there's so many people are still passionate about HeroQuest still after all these years. You know? There's there's that that game has spawned so many other like like so that is like the prototypical dungeon crawl game where we all have a character and then Dave takes his turn and then you take your turn and I take my turn and we yeah. adventure through the game and make decisions. There was that's a whole genre of games now. Like I own a bunch of dungeon crawls and yeah. they're incredible. There's so much stuff out there now. It, it really is the golden age of gaming. If there's something that you like or an IP that you're interested in, I promise you there's a version of it. The, yeah. We were talking the other day that my favorite old retro game that they still have yet to reintroduce is Mordheim. Mordheim yeah. was great. Yep. Yeah. That's the only one that I can think of that they haven't like rebooted or redone. I'm or sure that I'm sure they will. I'm sure they will oh, get yeah. around. But yeah. Um, yeah, I've never played Mordheim. So that sort of was at the time when I sort of got out of Games Workshop at that stage. But yeah, I'll have to give it a go, mate, and see what it's like. Cause I know a lot of people always talk about Mordheim as being one of the greatest games ever made. So it's it's yeah. really good. It, it mm. like I think like Blood Bowl. The rule set was really well done and really well designed, and it's it's. Yeah. I don't want to say I don't want to say it's perfect, but it's it's pretty well balanced. There's definitely some stuff you can break. Like we laugh all the time. The old like the Skaven Slinger list. We just have like a million Skavens with slings. Like, yeah, okay, there were ways to break the game, but overall, it was fun. Like we had a buddy in our store who used to run the Dave. I don't know if you remember the was it the Carnival of Chaos? Yeah, yep. like it was all the weird like Nurgle dudes that were dressed up like circus performers, like. 
Yeah. <laughs> that, that's hilarious. Um, there were like demon hunters and stuff. It was a really fun game. And it was, uh, you, it was almost like rogue trader. Like you built a war team, a war band, and then they skirmished around and you fought other war bands and stuff. It was, it was really, it's a really, really good game. Dave, Dave just got back from some tournament and you were saying that there were like people there. Oh, I didn't, I didn't go to it. Oh, but no, I, sorry. I paid attention. Yeah, somebody. Uh, oh, yeah, there's the guys we had on last week. They were saying that there were there were people there playing more time, and I, and I, we were like, really? And he was like, yeah. He goes like, more people than you would think would have just shown up at a small show turns, to play more time. Turns out there were a hundred people at that event. Yeah. Wow. New England, uh, the New England Mordheim Open. Yeah. A hundred people for a game that hasn't been printed since like 2003. Yeah. They released it. They released in '99. When, when was the la- when was the last time they they did it like an update or like oh the there's only been the one edition um the last time they published the uh, town crier which was the sort of the magazine yep. that supported it probably would have been 2006 yeah like again so this is a game that has been for all intents and purposes dead yeah for you know almost two dozen years and people were like oh I gotta I gotta show up and play that game it's yeah. crazy it's <laughs> amazing yeah it's great. Awesome. Um, speaking of uh, getting excited about uh, old minis, I know we weren't well, directly Let's see, let's that see what we got. <laughs> let's um, jump in. And, uh, so Josh has sent us a whole bunch of uh, photos of uh, minis that he's painted up uh, in recent times. Um, most of these are for your commission painting service. Is that right? Just about all of them that are some personal project. The Empire stuff is my personal stuff, but we'll get we'll have a look, mate. When you when you show them, I'll I'll talk you through them if you like. Through yeah. them, that'd be great. Okay. Yeah. Uh, first up, we have uh, some Bretonian knights. I thought it'd be uh, sort of appropriate to talk about them yeah. now, um, but yeah, Bretonian knights. These are from that um, that fifth edition box set released in '96. Those are awesome. That's right. Yeah, this is for a commission for a gentleman in the US. Uh, he reached out to me when I first started my company and said, would you mind painting up some Bretonian knights for me? I said, yeah, that'd be great. Because to be honest, I've never painted a Bretonian knight in my life. Um, even though I, I was working at the, the Games Workshop studio when the set was being painted and created and that kind of thing. But I never got a, never got a chance to paint any of the Bretonians. So that was a really nice job to do. And I really envisioned all these bright colors and all the heraldry, uh, all the heraldry is all done in freehand because there's no transfers. And he sort of just specified some simple kind of, um, you know, uh, coat of arms that he wanted on them. And I freehanded the banner for him as well. So yeah, overall, it's just a really nice project. And I did a video on my channel about it, um, you know, looking at how to paint yellows, how to paint reds, and how to do the freehand and that kind of thing to make it nice and simple. For people if they want to replicate it on their own miniatures shouldn't shouldn't those bases be goblin green ah well there you go that's right jake but for his army he wanted everything in a brown like a earthy brown color because i is think he's brown is it bestial brown is it bestial brown yeah <laughs> I, I, no it wasn't actually but I, I i think i used one of the vallejo colors which probably is very similar to that anyway i think it's okay. like flat earth or something i think from yeah there. and all and all, all the the lances the lances should all be red yeah, that's right, Drake. Another good point, mate. Yeah, exactly. But now they have to be black. <laughs> oh, yeah. Dude, they're they're great though. I I always loved the Obertonians. They were one of those armies that a bunch of us always wanted to paint them. I, I mean, and this is like when I was probably 16, 17, like we always wanted them. But at the same time, you're like, it's just daunting. Like it is like, like that's yeah. what is that? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. That's that's eight characters is what that is because every one of them is different like their paint scheme is different 
their whole like like their their heraldry is different the colors you're using like they're all of their all of their mantlets and their they're like yeah. uh their um symbols are all different like it's it's crazy the amount of work uh, we talk all the time our buddy steve our buddy steve fuller uh and and you know we we love steve um he he is missed every day but steve had an entire bretonian army that was painted up using all of the heraldry from game of thrones when i met him at the studio in like 2003 working yep. for white dwarf and all now this is way before the show way before like even book three was out or book two was out yeah and he was like oh i'm doing it on this game of thrones thing and we're all like what's what's game of thrones like nobody knew what it was and he had painted yeah. all of the all of his heraldry was the houses from game of thrones wow that's awesome yeah it was crazy and steve was yeah. meticulous like checkerboard um checkerboard um barding and bunting on the horses and stuff it was nuts wow yeah. that i mean awesome to see uh, these, look, these, these are great. I I love the Obertonians. Cliff has said bubonic brown. Um, possible that bubonic brown sort of dry brushed on the top there, but bubonic brown was much more like ochre color, wasn't it? Yeah, I think I used. Um, I think it's called rotting flesh or dead flesh from Vallejo. Okay. Game color. So it's kind of like kind of very similar, like a yellowy ochre or green ochre kind of color. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Uh. So next up, let's uh, get excited about these guys. Oh, dang. Now, these are for <laughs> David, David Schooley, that was in that chat before. I don't know if he's still there, but I absolutely loved doing this because, you know, fourth edition fantasy is my favorite edition of all the Warhammer releases they ever made. Um, it's actually it's actually Rick Priestley's favorite edition too, actually. He, he, he wrote the rules, of course. But the models that were created during that time were just something really magical. And these are all Gary Morley designs, of course. Yep. And I, are these I had crypt guard? Are these crypt guard? Are these are uh, whites? Yep. These are okay. white champions, or you can have them as a unit. But I had to recreate them based on all the studio color schemes that Stuart Thomas and Dave Perry did back in that day. And I just loved doing this whole project, like painting all the shields and freehand and everything like that. It was just a joy to do. The the shields are awesome. The guy on the left probably has my favorite shield. The 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 castle with the yeah. moon behind it. That yeah. looks so cool. Yeah, I think I love my favorite is the mausoleum. There, right? Yeah, yeah. That, I, again, they're all really good. They, they're all amazing. Yeah. So I tried. I tried my best to replicate as closely as I could to the studio schemes that the great painters back then were doing for uh, for the studio and White Dwarf and everything. I, I think you've done them. I think you've done them a service. These look. These look fantastic. Thanks, yeah. mate. Thank you. Yeah, great. Definitely. The old, uh, the old, like the old school, like scribbly fire. That's like a classic GW move. The yeah, the little, again, little again, fire lines. The I did a video. Lines. I did a video on this, so you can check it out on my channel. Me painting these particular four guys. So if you want to check that out, it's it's a video there. So yeah. you can see how I painted the shields and all that kind of stuff. So that's awesome. I was going to say, um, down in the notes below, um, we've got um, the podcast is linked and the uh, YouTube channel is linked as well. Yep. Thanks, Dave. Um, that's great. Thanks. Yep. No worries. Definitely uh, go and check those out after the show. Uh, next up, Arkan the Black. One of my favorite models. I was looking your, really your looking original the Black. Black. <laughs> Yeah, this is original. Well, I think he only I think he only survived in the fourth edition era. Is that right? Like they so. never brought back a flying chariot after this. Like he was just deleted out of the lore and everything. No, right? the Ar Arkan the Black exists now. Oh, does yeah. he? Oh, good. Yeah, now he's now he's a Mortark. He's basically like Nagash's right-hand man, and he has a flying Mortark that he's riding, or Morgast. He's riding a flying Morgast. His new model is great. He's got like the mini Pope hat, just like I uh, used cool. to have. It's it's crazy. Cool. Like, awesome. Um, yeah, I was saying to Dave, I, 
I, David, I was really looking forward to painting this particular model because it's one of those iconic fourth edition flying chariots where he was the only thing that had a flying chariot. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I love painting the banner and the Arkin himself and the chariot was so cool. And yeah, just really enjoyed that project too. And I love the, um, the you got the, the eight sort of winds of magic represented on the staff there, which is, I think that's, that's part of the original box art scheme. Yeah, so it's exactly the same as the box art, everything down to every single last color, everything. Yeah, it's same as the box art. It's and, always uh, nuts to me that he wasn't just on like a plastic rectangle. Yeah. <laughs> like the horses are separate. I was always like, why would you do that? Yeah, I know. I, I, I think in the studio, in the actual fourth edition army book, he's actually put on a movement tray that's also got like sanded and colored goblin green. Yeah. Yeah, um, which is the only way to transport them around or move them around the tabletop. You couldn't do it like that; it would just be crazy. Yeah. So, was it, did it, were the horses separate because you could kill them off along I the way? Because in fourth edition, you could take you. Could, it wasn't like the entire object was just had one profile. You could, yeah. if you if in hand in combat and shooting, you'd actually hit the individual horses or the rider or the chariot itself. So yeah. you'd have to take off the the horses when you kill them. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm just wondering if you could actually raise the dead and raise more horses for him. Maybe you could do, do that for your yeah. chariots. I think you probably could. Yeah, that's a possibility. That's so good. Um, and one of the things I love from this model as well is the uh, basically that little um, sort of lectern that he has in front of him. The little familiar guy. Yeah, his book. Familiar. yeah. The, sort of the book. Yeah, it's, it's very it's very Dark Angels, like one of the Watchers. Yeah, the that's right. One of the Watchers, exactly. Exactly. Yep. I think you just replace those bat wings with uh, feathered wings. You'd be. This is you'd great. Be that, Jake. Oh, 100 <laughs> percent. But uh, yeah, no, it looks awesome. You did a fantastic job there, and then and also there's that wonderful classic, uh, sort of cartoon castle in the the top left of the banner there. Yeah, dude, the yes. banner's great with that that green like that green like pseudo scroll work. Oh, the, yeah, the thorns? Like these vines, vines and thorns wrapping yeah. around it. Yeah, so. Yeah, really fun. That's awesome. Great one. Uh, oh, some classic. Uh, oh, yeah. Big claw hands. Yep. Yeah, the big the old, yeah, the old lo uh, the lobster girls. That's what you guys call lobster girls. Like, I, it just the, the, the next the next Damonettes are the best Damonettes. The ones that are by um, Juan Diaz. Yeah, Juan, Juan Diaz. Diaz. Like those are the best ones. <clears throat> I actually my my favorite I, for me were the third edition Jez Gooden ones, the really small ones that he did. They were beautiful. Right. Um, yeah. I think he did like eight different uh, eight different variants of that that model, and they're just gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah, they are. But, but these Those are nice too. Are really good. Yeah. yeah. I think um, when I saw these, it, this just took me right back to uh, one of the first um, big events that I was involved with with game, when I was working for Games Workshop. Um, which is uh, Battle for Bugman's Brewery. Uh, oh, yeah. And yeah. Um, our area manager, Martin Perkins, um, was painting up a lot of the, the models for it. And uh, so it was big, basically a, a big chaos, sort of demonic incursion assault on Bugman and the Dwarf Brewery. Uh, and I think, yeah, a bunch of these models got painted. And he painted them everything up really quickly. Yeah. White prime, loads of washes. And I was like, oh, this is amazing to see these models be churned out so quickly. But um, yeah, so that, that's what this picture immediately took me back to. Oh, cool. That's nice. Yeah, yeah. I think it's definitely cool when you have that sort of thing. Um, 
Oh, and Matt Ball says, uh, I love when these would ride the steeds of Slanesh. Ah, yes. Yeah. yeah. I'd hate to think how much they cost now, those guys, all those metal models now. But um, yeah. th th this was for a commission for a, my my right-hand man on the podcast, Carnifex, who's my, uh, my co-host when he has time to come on. And he sent me a whole heap of Chaos Slanesh uh, 40K second edition models okay. to paint up. Yeah. Um, so this is part of a big commission I did for him. The very first one I did, actually. So, nice. yeah, really enjoyed that too. And I think the the steeds had kind of the they were the ones with the coral kind of looking horns. Yeah, is that right? Yeah, yeah. yeah that's right. The yeah. big lashing tongue. I don't think I don't think they had given them a new. I think they were just mounted daemonettes. And in the newer editions, they're called like seekers of pleasure seekers. I think. Right. Right. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah. Yep. Awesome. Uh, next up. Okay, so this is from your personal personal collection. Yeah. Nice. Amethyst, an amethyst wizard. Yes, and uh, I had just an enormous joy of painting this model because I loved the. Uh, yeah, again, I love fourth edition. I love all the paint jobs of the masters at, at the studio at that time, like Mike McVeigh. Uh, I think Kim Cyberg was there. Uh, Kev White, I think, was there as well. Um, yeah. uh, and who else am I forgetting? Um, some great names. Um, oh, Tim Prow. Tim Prow, of course. Yeah. So. And uh, yeah, these guys just made the just, and and of course the Perrys too because the Perrys painted a lot of the models of their own collection, but I think a lot of the character models were painted by the studio team, and I really wanted to replicate a lot of those old school paint jobs from the from the Magic book or from White Dwarf magazines, and just rec recreating them as close as I could, even the symbols and that kind of thing. Yeah. So had a great time doing that. And just doing like the the, the warlock purple to red transitions on that thing, yeah, was just a good challenge as well because it's something I don't normally do, you know. Yeah. So it looks I think it's one of the, I I always say um, like purple is one of the toughest colors to work with because you can take it in so many different directions really quickly. Yeah, uh, but yeah, this is a beautiful uh, beautiful blend between those between that warlock purple at the top through the. Uh, the only thing I didn't do is I I do a lot of non-metallic metals for my own stuff. Um, right. For commissions, I, I do it with metallics to keep it sort of true uh, within the nostalgia of the paint jobs. But for myself, I just do non-metallic metals. So that's yeah. the only difference, really. That's cool. Jake, you are about to say before I, I think great. I, I really like the um, all the, like, astrological symbols you have all over the horse as well. Yeah. yeah. Like, you're getting that Starfield effect without it looking like you painted a bunch of dots. Like, yeah. it, it looks like a Starfield. <laughs> and then the... Yeah. Um, the eight the the schools of magic on the uh the badging on the horse's backside is just that's awesome yeah yeah it looks uh it looks fantastic and classic and, goblin green base with flocking yeah uh, well actually that's all sand uh that's not yeah. I, know, I know they did originally do a lot of stuff with some some models with flock yeah. but usually it's it's all pba sand and then you you paint over it and dry brush it that kind of thing so oh yeah um, i have tons of models that are like that yeah, I was no. going to say also with this model too. On the other side, I didn't know what was on the other side, so I found a photo. I think it's Re Revenge of the Doom Lord from okay. the Undead Army book, and it's got a picture of the other side of this guy with a skull painted on the other side of the barding. So oh, that's nice. to find out how that how the other side looked. Awesome. So. Well, that's cool. It looks great. Uh, I think we've got some more Empire models here, including the uh, the venerable uh, Knight's Panther. 
yep, this is for a commission for my good friend in Austria. Um, Very nice. So he, I did a grand master for him as well. And I, I think I, I've got I some photos of him coming up. Uh, that's probably mine, actually. I, oh, I did one for him, but I forgot to. I didn't send you that photo. Sorry. So there oh, is no, a grand master I painted for this unit as well to make it all five. Um, yeah. But yeah, really, really love doing these old Perry models. They're beautiful figures. Yeah. And fantastic work on that, uh, the freehand on those shields. Yeah, those shields are great. Yeah, that was a good challenge. But then I realized only the, I think it's only the champion and the standard bearer that actually has a crown on it. The other ones don't have crowns. Oh, okay. So my OCD kicked in thinking, oh my God, I, I, I sort of made a slight mistake, but they still look okay. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, they look great. I would, yeah. yeah. I mean, obviously, I'm not. I'm not. Don't have the box art to compare them against, but uh. yeah, I, I realized later. Oh no, I, I, I only those two guys had the crowns. The other ones don't have crowns. But yeah, it was good. It was a nice challenge again for freehand. You know, freehanding all the the lion heads, yeah, um, on the shields and stuff. So yeah, they look no, awesome. fantastic. So, so this guy's from your. That's mine. Yep. Right. Um, so he's kind of the he's grand. The, he is the grandmaster from the Knights Panther. Yeah. Sorry, that's right yeah yeah you're right mate sorry yeah so he's the grandmaster for the knight's panther but i just wanted like a generic hero because i'm going to do sort of like a middenheim or midheim uh it's based on the revenge of the doom lord scenario so i'm sort of just taking models and trying to replicate the units from that scenario and yeah he's kind of like the general of that of that uh, of that sort of contingent for them yeah. so it looks awesome uh particularly that um wonderfully free-handed crux in there with the yeah all freehand everything's freehand yeah i don't really use i was just talking to jake uh, sorry dave before we started that now i'm using transfers because people send me transfers to put on models and i'm sort of learning how to use transfers again because now obviously they've got additives like you know fixes softeners you know all this kind of stuff to that's to the stuff effectively <laughs> yeah so the stuff dave, dave up. yeah so yeah i think I need to wisen up to using transfers, but I love doing the freehand because it's kind of my own art. I'm yeah. imposing on the model, not you know, um, not sort of I do, painting. I do freehand. I do freehand when it's something I don't need to duplicate. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Like like I I like back in the day. I think the first flesh eater I ever did was I did a squad of Death Watch Terminators. It was when the new plastic Terminator box came out for GW, and I so I built them for the case. I, I was a manager at the time. So I was like, I went around to my staff and I was like, pick a chapter. So everybody picked a chapter and I did them all. And then because they were all unique, three of the five guys picked chapters that weren't on the transfer sheet. So I was like, one kid picked an ultramarine. I was like, cool, slap an ultra on there. Uh, another kid picked like a, I think, a, I think what else is on there? An Imperial Fist. So I slapped an Imperial Fist on his. And then the other three guys and myself picked things that weren't transfers. And I was like, this will be easy because I'm only doing one guy. Like I don't need to duplicate it. Yep. So that like that, I don't mind. But if I'm, if I'm doing like a squad of Marines, I'm not going to paint 10 shoulder pads. I'm just going to do transfers. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's just, it's so much easier. And again, like they look consistent, which is the big thing. So that's, that's the thing for, for like doing space Marines. I need to look consistent, like all their blood angel insignias and everything like that. Yeah. I, I couldn't do that with freehand because, you know, obviously I'd have to charge for my time and expertise and, and, you know, they'll take just painstakingly such a long time to do, yeah. but like for the undead white guys, that's perfect because it's just, it's a individual shield. There's nothing to replicate yeah. it's one yeah. guy with one particular 
design. Yeah. Um, uh, quick, oh, quick aside, Dave. You hold up the bottle of Microsol. Yep. So we've, <laughs> we've carried. Yeah. So that's Microsol. So there's two bottles, Microsol and Microset. Yep. Uh, they're absolutely incredible. That company makes everything here in the US. It's a woman owned business. Uh, for oh. years, we have carried a bunch of different company stuff. We've gotten stuff yeah. from. Yeah. Made in, in the USA. USA. Yep. I'm in California, actually. So um, we, for years, we've tried getting different things because like, there's no way to get that. And I was like, that's weird. You had to either order online or, you know, find somebody that knew it or, oh, my cousin has an extra bottle. And I was like, it can't be this hard to get this. So I did a ton of research this week and found out the name of their store and contacted them and was like, hey, where are you getting this? And they were like, oh, we make it. And I said, can we carry that? And they were like, let's figure that out. So I'm hoping, like I emailed them today and I, I talked to somebody who worked there. So hopefully by the end of this week, we'll have something worked out where my store will stock Microsol and Microset. Right. And, like, <laughs> it is, and it's it's better than any of the other companies that make it. Like AK right. Interactive makes their version of it. I've tried using it. It's it's okay. It's not as good. Um, Green Stuff World makes a version of it. Same thing. It's, it's passable. It's not great. The Microsoft and Microset are awesome and they're super reasonably priced yeah right very inexpensive um one thing i did want to point out as well particularly for uh scott is that uh josh has been saying transfers uh decals or decals decals no no no, transfer transfers is what they're they're waterside transfers (laughs) (laughs) awesome um and uh Yep, uh, Matt Ball says uh, it's one of the twelve magic swords of the Empire, if I remember correctly. Oh, one of the rune right. fangs. Rune fangs. That's right. Yep, that's exactly right. Definitely. I think is. the dwarves made those. The dwarves made the rune fangs for the Empire, didn't they? Yep. I, and, I always had a soft spot. Do you have a Carl Franz? I always had a soft spot for the old Carl Franz. Uh Carl Franz. Yeah, I like. I've got the model on his Griffin Deathclaw. So one day I'll get him to paint him up. But um, we discovered uh, in our recent games that um, it was Magnus the Pious. This is the biggest badass on in the empire. Like he's yeah. just amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm he's taking that. names. Yeah, that yeah. was fierce. Yep, yep. Um, so. Scott says that he'll do freehand all day on orcs exclusively. It doesn't have to look good to look good. <laughs> yeah, right. That's a very, that's a very different thing. Right? That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, Luis Sanchez says, uh, "I've been using uh, Microsoft and Microsoft for years. Awesome product." Uh, Chris Gorker has joined us. Hi, Chris. What's um, up, Chris? Hang on. Yep, room things, right? Yep. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Uh, next pick we've got is oh, there's the other side of. Oh, that's uh, the other side. So that was like the skull and the sort of that's the awesome uh, yeah. Lauren thing yep. around the back behind it, sort of thing. Awesome. So yeah. Fantastic work. Uh, next up, oh yes. Dude, <laughs> um, man, this 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 project. This is from my good friend Tim Baxter in the UK. Uh, thank you so much, Tim, for sending me this, mate, because I absolutely loved doing these guys, um, every single one of them. Um, so four out of the four out of the six that are here are still these models. Oh, really? Are they? Okay, great. So so Mogan Ra has a new sculpt, and he right. is awesome. I like this is one of my favorite sculpts of all time, is that Mogan Ra. The new Mogan right. Ra is just bigger. He's bigger and he's all plastic and he has his hood up, like his, his like sort of Grim Reaper uh, hood. Yeah, yeah. The new Jane Czar is incredible. Yep. Uh, much more dynamic and it's it's a it's a great pose and she looks like she's about to just bring the hurt to everybody. Um, 
The rumor is that the next one we're going to get is a new Carondras, which would be pretty rad. Um, but yeah, like these are all Jess Goodwin sculpts. Like I, I love Jess's work. He like, these yeah. are fantastic. Yeah. The, um, the amazing thing, like when I was looking at this earlier, is like, I, I hate Elda. I'm, I don't, <laughs> just on yeah. principle, really. Just tell us how you feel. Man. It's because, it's because Dave likes dwarves. You can't like dwarves and well, elves. That's true. Like, exactly. you like dwarves or elves. That's exactly. true. I try to love them both. You know, I'm a loving guy, but yeah, I, I, I <laughs> but elves it always tend to betray me. So dwarves yeah. never do that. Yeah. But I, I was able to look at them and and like list off each of their names. Yep. I don't I don't know whether it's like that was more a book of the grudge, <laughs> book of grudges kind of thing, but uh, but yeah, Fugan, yeah. Karandris, Jainsar, Baharoth, Morgan Rahar, and Asterman. Yeah. Well, part of it also too, Dave, was, Dave, <laughs> Dave. Part of it also was like you were a painter. <laughs> And all of these guys have their own paint. So there was right. like a sermon blue. There's Baharoth blue. There's um, there's Karandras green. Like yeah. there's Fuegan orange. The only two that might not be is I don't, I don't think Morgan Ra has a paint. And I don't think James Ra has a paint. But like, Morgan Ra black or Morgan Ra purple or something. Yeah. It's like, it's like a Dark Reaper, which is. Uh, yeah, that's true. Right. Dark Reaper, which is his guys. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah they, these, these look incredible. The Assurman in particular, the Assurman is identical to the like the original art that's yeah. that's great thanks mate yeah no i really enjoyed doing them uh every single one of them i just love doing that so that was my and i know that tim's going to send me all of the space marine heroes like all from blood angel dark angel space wolves and the ultramarine characters uh from okay. the 90s to do as a project as well so i'm really looking forward to doing all those and all their back banners and everything like that if you if you will give them a good home i have a ton of old metal models that I would love to unload a ton. Of <laughs> Greg, we're going to talk, mate. We're going to talk. Yeah. <laughs> they, they are literally sitting in a box, and I'm never going to touch them. So, yeah, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll we'll talk about that, mate. Maybe we can do a, a special project for you. Mate. Yeah. We'll talk about that uh, after the show. Sounds good. <laughs> cool. Um, the the next couple that you sent through um, that I've got got here um, were like really interesting to me because obviously everything we've seen here has been that um sort of recreating that 90s heavy metal style um which makes it super appropriate that your commission painting service is heavy lead um so back when beginning of the 90s the minis were still lead uh yeah. but the next um picture that i've got here is of some stormcast yes uh now this is a recent commission i did i think late last year in december for a a new client in Tokyo, actually, who's, okay. who's uh, getting into, I think, Warcry and Age of Sigma. And he he also paints miniatures, but uh, due to his work, he doesn't have much time to do a lot of hobbies. So he said, would you want to do this for me? And I said, yeah, that'd be great, because I don't really get a chance to paint a lot of the new stuff. Um, and I, I, I listen to your show every week as I'm sitting and painting, and there's a lot of terminology that I just don't even know. Like, I don't know a lot <laughs> about the new stuff a lot. You know, I'm sort of learning as I go. So he sent me these Stormcast Eternal guys, and I really liked the models. And and thankfully, he's already assembled them and, and and primed them for me, so I can just pull them out of the box and start painting them. He gave me a very particular um, criteria on how they wanted all the color schemes and that kind of thing. Yeah. So we went uh, forward with that, and yeah, I really enjoyed doing them. I, I think they're they're great models. They're really nice to paint, and they don't have a lot of, like they've got detail on, but not over the top detail. 
and they look like space, they look like uh, Vikings almost. This kind of these kind of guys with their pelts and and iconography on them and that kind of thing. So they're a really cool project to do. They're the the new Sigmarites are, are great. Like it looks like it looks like he did some head swaps, but otherwise these models are like right out of the package. Like they look like this, um, mm -hmm. and he's based them up really nice as well. Uh, yeah. yeah. But yeah, the mod the models are cool because like there's there's yeah. a lot of texture, like especially on the Stormcast because it's like they're just wearing plate mail. So they always have like cool loincloths or tabards or, you know, robes or cloaks to kind of give you some more textures to play with. And then yeah. the nice thing I like too, is there's, there's always a nice chunk of like blank space. So if you really want to do something like they all have the cool, like thigh plates that are gigantic, or there's a handful with shields. So you, you always have a little bit of space to play with if you wanted some real estate to kind of stretch out and do some artistic work. But yeah, yeah the, the, the models, they really are nice. Um, there's a kid at our store who is doing modern model kits, but he's painting them in the style of the nineties. He has an ultramarines army. That's all Primaris. And they're all done like an heavy metal ultramarines army oh, from good. the nineties. So they have like goblin green bases and he did the blues rave specifically. Like it's like, they look great and it's very eye catching because the models are, you know, everything is 20% bigger. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. So, Jake, oh. give, give, give him a T-shirt, mate. Give him a high five from me, please, for doing that. That's awesome. <laughs> Great work. <laughs> yeah. Get him to take some photos and stick them in the. Uh, in the uh, next time, so he shows up. He he, he shows up it. every time we do a, a tournament. Uh, he shows up, yeah. and right. I'll get some photos and we'll take some photos. Yeah, please do. That'd be lovely. Yeah, that'd be great. That's, great. that's awesome. Yeah, they look awesome. And the, the next one uh, is these guys here. So again, another um, shift in style. In painting mm. style, these uh, Escurgan True Blades for Warcry, those are great. Yeah, because you know I, I painted a lot of Rackham miniatures. It's a French company that was around, yeah. probably prominent in the early two thousands, maybe two thousand two, yeah. two thousand four, something like that. And I just was obsessed with the uh, the paint the, the painters there. So Martin and Vincent, and they they had this really unique style, and it sort of it transformed everything. The entire industry sort of revolved around Rackham, you know. Um, and so painting these models, I really wanted to give, well, similar to the box art, of course, but again, that sort of really dark, uh, atmospheric sort of style. So not like the usual, you know, very vibrant contrast colours, but more, you know, naturalistic sort of uh, colours and shading and blending and, and all that kind of thing. So it gave me something really a fun outlet to, you know, do something different. Um, this is again for another another client in Tokyo here as well, who's who's sort of starting out Warcry, and uh, yeah, so a really fun project. I didn't enjoy assembling the models, I must say. Right, uh, that was something they're that's a little, they're a little fiddly. They're a little fiddly. <laughs> well, that that big beastie guy, yeah, uh, or, or woman, I should say, yeah, the, the hyena, the hyena thing. I think um, there was a section on its midriff that I just couldn't work out how to put together. So what I did was basically just jam that small piece in there, got some green stuff and, and sort of fix it up that way. I just couldn't for the life of me work out how to put it together. Uh, yeah. I think that was the most difficult part, but, um, I, I would think if you used to build infinity models, I don't think anything GW makes comes even close to infinity. Oh, models. mate, infinity is driving nuts. In the end, I just couldn't do it anymore. Jake, my thing, my thing, my thumbs were so sore. Like from putting all those minutes together, I just said that's enough. I just had enough, so that's why I went back to the old school, you know, one piece models. Just clean them up the mold line, put them on the base, spray them, paint them. You're done. You know, the infinity stuff is gorgeous, but it's like you better pin vice everything because everything is like connected by like a wrist or a tiny little ankle, and you're like, ah, no, yeah. I'm not doing this. 
Beautiful <laughs> models, great company, you know, great game, nothing against them. But yeah, it's uh, yeah. a little bit too much for me these days. But it's getting better. I mean, like all model production now, they're getting better and better these days to make it easy for everybody. But yeah, uh, exciting project. Really enjoyed doing this because they were in a sort of Japanese mythology sort of style as well. So yeah, yeah really fun to paint. Just um, quickly, let me know about the basing. Talk to me about the basing. Okay, so obviously the Goblin Green, Jay, you would notice that. Yeah. <laughs> so they're they're done in. I, I like black rim because, of, yeah. uh, you know, sort of modern figures. I like doing them in black rims and mostly. Um, the the color on top is more like an earthy brown. Yeah. Uh, I just put some you know very minimal sort of details on there, like little rocks and that kind of thing, and then some uh, tufts of grass. But then with tufts of grass, I just don't like to leave them as tufts. I like to uh, put some, you know, browns on the at the base that so look like they're part of the soil, part of the earthwork, and then sort of dry brush the tops and that kind of thing, and use pigments as well if I can. Um, so yeah, did you trim the um, trim the tufts down? I think all? I bought them off Amazon, and I think they were like three mil high, which I really like. Okay. I really. I, I've got to I've got to admit that I really don't like using tufts of grass because they've got these big things hanging on their base. They're covering the miniature. They're obscuring your work, and I just find to be a real eyesore. So, okay. if I can find tufts that are sort of very minimal in size and height, and they just sort of they replicate grass or you know little outcroppings of vegetation, that's great. Uh, if they're sense. sticking up all over the place, I just find them a real eyesore. So, okay. that's my little personal thing. Sorry. <laughs> no worries. Every, everybody does it. Like everybody puts gra uh, grass tufts on their base, which which is good. But I think there's, there's ways. Oh man, Josh, you kids with your oh, tufts. Man, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? Just putting sand and painting painting a green. What happened to that? You know. It's <laughs> but um, fantastic. Hang on a second. Uh, now I have to find something oh. with the most egregious tufts. I'd uh, love, love to go around your hobby space there, Dave, and see what you've got in all those nooks and crannies in those right. shelves. He's there. got all kinds of stuff buried in there. Yeah, he just, he just, just turns around and picks something up. Oh, there, there you go. go. Yeah, nice. And so, yeah. Some more there. But I got, yeah, tough like, like that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I very rarely um, adjust the height of my tufts. Uh, it's like tripping them down or anything like that. Sure. I, I do find it kind of interesting that, that Josh does it completely different than Jeff does it. So Josh uses very minimal ones and like trims them down and hits them with stains and washes. And Jeff gets the biggest ones he can find and he <laughs> hides wires in them. So all of his flying guys look like they're flying over like giant, like spreads of grass. Like, right. yeah, they're doing the, uh, the, um, crouching tiger, hidden dragon. Yeah. They're, they're like running across the grass. It's, it's grass. amazing. Yeah. Well, it, that's the thing, isn't it? Like we we all do it differently. We all yeah. approach things differently, which is cool. Yeah, Definitely good. Matt um, <laughs> says Dave reaches into a shelf and pulls out the Holy Grail. Yeah, <laughs> it's in there. We have top men working on it. That's it. <laughs> I think at some point uh, somebody did roll a like a big crate in here somewhere and put it over the back. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, I'm not sure yeah. where it is. Don't open that crate though. Yeah, yeah. I haven't looked at it. But uh, fantastic, fantastic. Um, so super cool. Uh, thanks for that, Josh. Uh, the, as you know from watching the show, uh, our next stage, next step, is to have a look at the minis from the Facebook group, our community awesome. minis. That. Yeah. So I love uh, this let me just get this. Uh, while, while he's pulling that up, Josh, do you have a copy of Space Hulk? 
I don't. I don't, mate. Sorry. No, I had the, the third edition set um, and I painted everything in it. I'll have to show you some photos of it, but then I sadly sold it, which I'm sort of regretting now. Alex was, Alex was posting in the comments earlier. We were talking about like old games that they kind of wish they oh, would bring yeah. back into production. It was like Battlefleet Gothic, uh, Space Hulk, Mordheim. Um, so there's a rumor going around that they're going to reprint Space Hulk. Oh, okay. which I wouldn't be surprised about. Like I have the Blood Angels one from I don't know ten years ago, two thousand and nine. Yeah, I have that oh, one. That Angels. one's awesome. that one's great. I have I have a whole set, and then a buddy of mine gave me a set of just the blood angels out of it uh which i was like yes please like now i have two sets of them um yeah, awesome yeah. Su such a such a fun game yeah yeah it's fun it's stressful but the finishes are beautiful the the, the model for the third edition set especially the dynamic terminators and the gene cells are great sorry dave yeah. oh no 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 worries when you said that it just uh, again it took me back to like being stressful um it took me back to uh when i started painting and so like started in the hobby yeah. Um, I was painting miniatures on commission for um, one of the guys who came to the store. His eyesight was starting to fail, and but he had loads of minis he wanted painted. Yeah. Um, and I remember going around to his place one uh, one time, and he was like, "Oh yeah, you should come check out this uh, the Space Hulk video game, uh, Space Hulk computer game." Um, so I, I was like, "Okay, well, I don't really play a lot of computer games, so I'm not really sure what I'm doing." Uh, but it starts off with the ghost like, "The Emperor has chosen your weapons." It's like, well, that sounds pretty cool. And then, then you play, and like I was dead within a couple of minutes. Yeah. The entire yeah. squad wiped out. And it's like, oh, yeah, that's because the, the Emperor has never actually fought gene stealers. That's right. Yeah. How would, we, how would he know what he's. I don't want him to choose it. I want somebody else who has fought. Like, and there was that, there's that great animation of the, 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 it's all black. And then like the gene stealer comes out of the black. And you're like, oh, no. Like, you were dead. Yeah, exactly. That was, that was me entirely. Entirely. Uh, so I want to. I want to see if you guys remember this. One of my favorite little blurbs of all time is in one of the old white dwarfs. There's a a great picture. I think it's a. I, I think it's one of Mike uh, Mark uh, Mark Gibbons artworks. I think, um, yeah. and it's it's a bunch of space. It's a bunch of Terminators like standing on a, a teleportation platform, and then there's a short story. And the short story is just a page long, and it talks about how, like, oh, they were all they all clumped into the room in their in their Terminator plate, and they stand on the on the platform, and all of the tech priests are making sure that the proper ungent is applied, and like the right candles are burning, and like everything is is tuned just right, and he does the proper dance moves, and then the, it's like the Sar brother sergeant's like weapons test, so like the first brother like raises his storm open and he's like ready brother sergeant and then the next one's like weapons test and he like tests the pilot light on his heavy flamer and he's like ready brother sergeant and then in like the third one he like they talk about how he's recruited from a prison world and he like aims his assault cannon at the chapter badge and spins the barrels and they're like which is very disrespectful but then he like he's like ready brother sergeant and they're like but you can see that his armor's the wrong color and he refuses to get it repainted because every time they've re it's a, it's not their Terminator suit. It belongs to another chapter. And every time they cover the original colors, the wearer gets killed. So he's like, I'm not repainting it. So his armor looks all chipped up and then they like teleport in and they're just neck deep in Gene Steelers. And I was like, this is so awesome. Like this game is the best. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Nice. 
Okay, so here we go. Jumping into the community community miniature community Very miniature. Very nice. Uh, yeah. All of these uh, photos are from our Facebook group, the Build Paint Play Community page. Uh, so come along, join us, and uh, submit your miniatures each week, and we will show them and uh, talk about them. So uh, Caleb Wissenbach, um, Caleb from uh, CK Studios. Caleb's pretty good. He's Fun? pretty good. Yeah, he's, he's not bad. Good. He's not bad. He's not, he's painted a mini or two. He could have. A, he, I think he could have a future in this industry. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he could do it. Absolutely, but yeah, Caleb's been doing some uh, beautiful work here on this uh, Eldar Combat Patrol. Uh, but yeah, awesome work in progress. Uh, obviously, okay. I'm a big fan of that uh, that lovely um, stripe. Uh, working well there. This red's really good. I'm, I'm, I want to see a better picture of the. Um the warlock in the back there with all like the greens and stuff. Oh yeah. Rad. Mm -hmm. yeah. That'll be cool. I'm sure Caleb will uh, post some photos once, uh, once he's got that rolling, but yeah, beautiful work there, Caleb. Yeah. Very nice. I like that a lot. Next up, uh, Chris has been painting, uh, some nundums. Panel. What's that? Some nundums. Some nundums. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, so these are the Paragon war suits, uh, these are the ones with the maces. He's uh, posted a picture of a set with um, the spears, I think. The spears or swords? Swords. Let's go with swords. Yeah. But, they're, uh, they're, such, they're such awesome models. I, I love their, in the sisters' lore right now, I love their commander. Uh, was it? Um, Morgan Val. Morgan Val. Morgan Val. Yep. She is awesome. Like, her model is great, and her lore is fantastic. Yeah. She is. Uh, the only thing I'm, I'm not a big fan of with that is that uh, that her rules are so good that she turns up in every army. Yeah. It's kind of like uh, going back to um, like fourth edition Warhammer. It's like when every high elf army was led by Teclas. Yeah, uh, yeah, Teclas was everywhere. I was like, he is busy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> at least the, the sword, the sword of Teclas was certainly everywhere. It's like, yeah, yeah. Let me just head down to the sword of Teclas shop. Get another one. But. Uh, but yeah, Chris has done a great job on these. I love that uh, that very pale gray. Yeah, that's awesome. hard to pull off. He did a really I, good job on that. I think they're supposed to be the Order, Our Lady of the Argent Shroud. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. I think like I, I don't. I'm not sure. Like, because they have like they technically have like silver armor. Yeah. Or this could be um, was it Sacred Rose, which I think is white armor. White armor. Yeah. Could be. Yeah, Teclas <laughs> was everywhere that Wolverine wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, yeah, beautiful work there, Chris. Great. Yeah, those look fantastic. Definitely uh, check out the other photos in the uh, in the group. Uh, Dave Hummel. Dave Hummel's been working on uh, modifying, using some bits to modify this uh, Star Wars transporter. Uh, and I think the caption for this photo was the uh, just put in the assault ramp. Put me the assault ramp doors, and you see those uh, sort of stacked up along. Uh, yeah, is is he using this as a Thunderhawk or is this like a Fire Raptor or Storm Raven or? I I think it could be uh, like completely his own uh, his own deal, which is uh, which is neat. Oh, there we go. Uh, Chris Gawker's chimed in said Sacred Rose. Ah uh, yes. Yep. Cool. I figured it was one of the two. Yeah. Uh, Matt Ball said, "Do you remember the Harlequin bike canopy, Patrick McMillan? Uh, oh, remember an Eldar Warwalker built with built with that canopy as the faceplate? Yeah." I remember that. I remember both of those things. Definitely <laughs> cool. Uh, next up, we've got uh, so Jason Dyer has painted up some uh, armored sentinels for his um, the army he's taking to Adepticon. 
Uh, last week, we saw the uh, Victoria Miniatures um, Rough Riders. But uh, I'm loving these. That kind of um, deep blue, sort of Payne's Gray mm. kind of uh, tone on those. Yeah, these are these are awesome. I love I love the chain the little stubby chainsaw arm. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like it's one of my favorite things in 40k. I think it's ridiculous. I love it. Yeah, those look uh, they do look super cool, don't they? <laughs> it is ridiculous. Does it actually extend past the las las cannon? That that arm or not? Pardon? Was it? Yeah, so one arm one arm's a las cannon, and then the other one is a little tiny like chainsaw on a T Rex arm. But does it extend past the last cannon or not? Maybe. No, I don't think so. <laughs> that last cannon's going to be sort of just over your head, right? Yeah. So you'd be able to run into that chainsaw. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's not. It's obviously it's, it's an imperial guard weapon, so it's not super effective uh, individually. But uh, yeah, <laughs> I do love the I do love the armored sentinel, the old open top catachin sentinel. I was always like. This is nuts. Like, I'm just going to throw a grenade into that bucket and kill that guy. Like, <laughs> well, I guess uh, we won't talk about it now, but uh, next week maybe we'll talk about the uh, the new Horus Heresy Sentinels. Sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. When it comes to throwing grenades into them. But uh, yeah, looking great, Jason. Nice He's work. Uh, Jeff Smith. The Eagles have come. Nice. Yeah. Getting up some Eagles. So uh, these are two of the four that he's painted recently. Uh, he said he couldn't fit all four into his photo booth. Yeah, they're pretty big, and I don't even know if he has. Uh, do they still make Guajir? Yeah, yeah. It's like he's even bigger than the regular giant eagles. Yeah. Oh, really nice. Then, Very natural colors too, and the the heads on them look really nice too. Really yeah. cool. did a good job. Mm. Yeah, awesome look. Very nice, Jeff. Very good. That. Uh, oh, I. Another opportunity to plug the t-shirts oh. because you know, Kat Jackson posted this. <laughs> She's a bit ill. Uh, so Kat is the uh, community manager for the Army Painter. Mm -hmm. our, uh, our season sponsor. Uh, but uh, Jake's on her a care package. And uh, so it's been super cool. And she said she was, she, was, she was sick, so she wore the hoodie like for a week. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Awesome. Uh, but once again, if you want to pick up the build paint play t-shirts, this is what's on the back. Uh, this is what's on the front. You can yep. uh, head down to the link below. Uh, also check out the, um, the army painter link down there. If you want to do some pre-ordering of the war paints fanatics, uh, war paints fanatic range. Yeah. Some, somebody, somebody wants to start cause we just had a huge order come in. Some guy placed an order for, well, I don't even know how many paints it's, it's, it's probably like three or four dozen paints. Oh, nice. Um, from all yeah. the fanatic range. And I was going to message the guy and be like, do you just want to get the, like the mega paint set? It's, it's basically the same price and you get more paints, but he, but I went back mm -hmm. and I looked and he picked out very specific paints. Specific paints. Yeah. So. That's cool. Ooh. Awesome. Uh, next up. So Christian Simonson has just recently finished up uh, this Rhino for his uh, Sons of Horus army. Yeah. He, Christian always does such a great job, like with his weathering and his and his wear. Everything everything looks like like I'm gonna like I, like I'm gonna scratch myself on this rhino. I need a tetanus shot. Like it looks like it's old <laughs> rusted metal. Yeah, um, he does such a good job yeah. with it. Um, yeah, I think one of my favorite things about this that's very subtle is the interior of the of the rhino hatch. Yeah, is a different color, and it's mm -hmm. 
it took me, I looked at it like three or four times. I was like, why does it look different? I was like, oh, like nobody ever does that. Like the hatch is always the same color as whatever the tank is. Yeah. So I really like that he did that. It, it gives it like another layer of depth that I was like, oh, that's really clever. It's a really cool way to do it. Yeah. yeah. No, definitely awesome. Nice. And I love that he's got a, a multi-melter on there, which is uh, fantastic uh, in game. Because yeah. you can yeah. drive you guys up, bail them out, and then you just become a little bunker with a multi-melter on you. Uh, it makes that rhino dangerous dangerous it's not just an uber it's it's now like it has <laughs> it can it can kill light vehicles uber rhino i love it yeah uh and also uh kristen's been painting up some uh custodies yeah this is one of the uh what alaris alaris uh terminators yep he big yeah definitely but yeah, looking uh, looking good. I love that there's that greenish tinge in that gold as well. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, beautiful work again, Christian. Oh, great. Yep. Uh, this week, uh, Martin Orlando joined us in the uh, in the Facebook group. Uh, mm -hmm. Martin's on Instagram as the Wandering Prince, uh, and has been doing some spectacular work with uh, like painting armies. Uh, but I think this is like uh, basically a selection of faces of his miniatures that he's uh, painted over the last uh, year. I think uh, last year at Nova, he won a um, Best Painted Army Award. And I think he might have won another one at uh, LVO. These are these are really cool because they're like they're like dark high elves. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Like, I really dig Like the guy in the bottom left is clearly like that's one of the... Um, uh, it's one of the mounted horse guys. I can't think of the names. So is, is that, is that, is that, that's the silver home commander, I think with the wings. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Possibly from the, um, it has that sort of feel, but I think, um, I'm not even sure what army these for, but, but yeah, Martin does some beautiful work. Very, uh, very nice. here he is here again with another collection of variety of faces. You got a yeah, gray knight in the top, right? And then yeah. uh, that's the the new vampire guy on the in the middle on the left, and then um, yeah. the the top and the bottom in the middle are both um, stormcast. Yep. Yeah, the stormcast. And then that's the that's that um, the minotaur guy from the the, the mountain the, cow. Yeah, the yeah the mountain cow from the new not high elves. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Luminous realm lords. Yeah, I I forget I I forget half the the new names like. I kid came in the other day and he was like, "Hey, I'm looking to start. Uh, I'm looking to start like." He goes, "I want. I want to build an army with a lot of tanks." And I went, "Oh, you want to play Imperial Guard?" And somebody went, "What's Imperial Guard?" And I was like, "Astro Militarum." I'm like, "It's Imperial Guard." <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Awesome. Uh, next up, uh, so uh, sorry. Uh, welcome, Martin. Thanks very much for joining us. And uh, nice work. Work. excellent work from you uh, in the coming weeks and months. Absolutely. Yeah. Next up, Matt Bowles. These are great. I love these. Matt's been working on these for his uh, Taylor Four Warlords. Uh, originally, he started off. Uh, I can't remember what Matt was working on before. But... I, th I think he started off doing. He was going to do Necrons, and then he was working on his Tyranids, and then he ah, decided Tyranids, to Tyranids take his Tyranids different. and his like these orcs and mash them together. Mm -hmm. So a bunch of his squigs have wings. Yep. Which I love. Right. So, but yep. So you got some uh, great work going on there, uh, Matt. Yeah, there we go. Started with Tyranids. Yeah. Um, I've just been so taken with the winged squig idea. 
Yeah, it's amazing. And, or started with Tyranids. He started with Tyranids, sorry. Yeah. So there's another um, uh, Beast Snagger Boys underway. I love that and, weapon. I love that this orc was like, this can opener looks like I can kill somebody with it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's, well, it's the joy of orc weapons, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> awesome. But yeah, great stuff, Matt. Keep it up. You want to see more of those guys painted? Um, oh, there he is. It's it, mate. That's the one. Yep. When you said it before, I was like, oh, Jake's going to enjoy this later on in the show. <laughs> oh, so good. <laughs> but yeah, fantastic. I I know that um, I painted painted this guy back in uh, like 96, 97, mm. um, but he stayed in the store. He never, never left. So I didn't um, oh, great. I don't actually own one of those. Yeah, again, I got to... I'm hoping that they're going to really release him with the old world coming back out. I'm really hoping that yeah. even if they, even if they just reprint him, like I would probably get one, but I'm hoping that they do a new like upscaled version of him. But I yeah. love this model. His rules were so gross. I used to run him <laughs> all the time. You could run him as an allied unit. If I, I, I played wood elves, so you could run him as an allied unit because Bretonians and wood elves could ally, which was yeah. insane. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But he, he, he was so good. We used to, do you guys remember, did you, did you do, um, like Hero Hammer or War or uh, um, I, I can't remember what it's called. Games Workshop at a specific event where everybody would buy a hero and then you would paint up the hero and then the heroes would fight. You do like one on one, like gladiator, arena like arena death. matches, arena of death. Yeah, arena of death. So you could either do a hero or a warlord or a champion. And I would always take the green knight and he punched so far above his weight class <laughs> for the amount of points he was. It was like, yeah. oh, uh, you have your giant crazy you know, whatever demon that like, if I charge him, he gets to counter charge me if he's in his front arc. And I was like, uh, I'm near, I'm near a forest. I'm going to have my green knight teleport through the forest and come up behind you and then charge. And then it was like, I'm going to use my sword two handed. So now I have like plus two strength and like minus two to your armor. Like he was so good. The green knight was so good. Yeah. <laughs> How many of these have you painted up Josh? Uh, just the one, mate. I did it for a painting competition back, way back in the day when it was re first released, actually. But awesome. um, love doing it. Yeah, I think I, I think I inverted the colors. So I think the original one is like kind of white barding with green freehand on it. But I didn't mind black with like green freehand. Oh, wow. Sort of inverted it around. Yeah. Awesome. Um, who, who sculpted this one? This model is great. I think Michael Perry. Yeah. 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 Michael Perry. The 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 horse head. Is probably the best part of this model. Like that is yeah, such yeah. a great, like the the chamfron with like the the green like uh, cresting and everything in the plates. Yeah, yeah this yeah. model is fantastic. So Patrick's going to be working on that soon. We're super excited to see what Patrick does with it. Yeah, Patrick, definitely post that. I'm excited. Uh, Wanted to know what Patrick's uh, setup looks like. Here we go. Very He's working good. on some uh, archiflagellants for his uh, sisters of battle at the moment. All right. See, Patrick gets it. See in the back there, up above the cam up above the monitor, Microsoft, Microset. Yeah, oh, see yeah. right there. <laughs> Very good. Excellent. Nice stuff. Uh, actually, uh, so three weeks' time, Patrick is going to be joining us as a guest. Uh, Patrick cool. uh, runs Bombshell Minis, uh, bombsh Bombshell Miniatures. Uh, Patrick's been sculpting for an incredibly long time. Uh, we'll be talking with him about sculpting uh, and also, the transition between uh, traditional sculpting and digital sculpting, which will be a lot of fun to do. Great. More about that. 
I'll have to ask him about his little paint mixer thing. I've never used one of those, but I've been thinking about it. Oh, the Vortex mixer? Yeah, definitely. Uh, Ross Manila uh, posted a couple of photos. So this is one of the uh, Cruel Boys characters from the Dominion box set, I think. Um, yeah, cool. Done a great job there. Um, scare shields, I think they're called. Is that right? Yeah, they're so cool. I love the idea behind them. Yeah. They talk about like all the goblins paint them like big, bright, garish colors. And then when they come through to get you at night, all you can see is like these crazy giant, like floating scary faces coming towards you. <laughs> yeah. I love that he painted this thing's mount too to look like an albino rat. Like it's all gross and like pale. Yeah. But yeah, I love that uh, that sort of the pale blue for the uh, the shields. Yeah. Something you don't awesome. kind of see a lot. Uh, and Ross has also painted up, uh, been working on some uh, stuck uh, sworn swords for a song of ice and fire. Nice, great models. Well, that's another that's another game. If you want to paint up, like those models paint up so easy. They yeah. do. Yeah. Do a nice base coat, a couple of washes. Like there's so much like cool texture and like um, stuff for the paint to grab. Yeah, yeah, yep. they're great models. Yeah, definitely beautiful. Uh, next up, uh, Scott. Scott. Uh, so I think we saw a work in progress of this uh, a couple of weeks ago. Scott has finished this. Uh, Scott, Scott, I, I love robots. Like this is awesome. Like I love that giant robot. It's <laughs> yeah, so good. Awesome. Is this Infinity? I I think he said it was a three D print that he got from somebody. Um, Scott, post yeah. in the thing who you got this from. I forget. <clears throat> That's cool. But the uh, the model at the front, I think, is hassle-free. Right. Could be wrong, but... Uh, yeah. yeah. I love the work, the sort of that scratchy um, volumetric approach. Uh, and this, the, this model's just got the uh, areas for it in spades. Yeah. Yeah, it looks beautiful. Um, awesome. Come on, Scott, let us know. It is uh, it is in the description in the... Uh, the photos in the facebook group <laughs> scott scott he goes you got to get a vortex mixture you can't just be flailing paints around with your arms like one of the pores gross <laughs> oh he said he got it off etsy he said he got it off etsy it was super cheap the man the guy is from hassle free right yep awesome cool that's really cool though but yeah it looks great scott. it does look like an infinity like one of their what is it like their tags it looks mm. like one of the one of the tags from infinity yeah yep Beautiful work. I mean, it's probably, I don't know what the scale is, but it, you probably use it as like a proxy. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, next up, Stephen Ryder. Uh, so these, we saw the cyberpunk girl at the back. Uh, these are some more models that he's painting up that will be um, for the, at the Slow Death Games booth at Adepticon. So these are for, um, I think it's called Wild in the Streets. Um, but yeah, again, looking uh, super nice. cool. Yeah, very good. I wonder if he used Dave's trick to use uh, Thunderhawk Blue for blue jeans. Uh, I don't know. It looks like a dark Prussian blue is the base. But uh, My favorite blue, too, actually. Dark Prussian blue. Dark Prussian blue? Yeah. Yep. Love it. Good. But yeah, looking great, great. Steve. Uh, and this was a, a classic old, old miniature. Wow. From the 80s. Uh, <laughs> I I've I'd never seen this model before until uh, Stephen posted it, but uh, yeah. definitely I, going. I do, I do not like I do not like this model. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent, but yeah, go and check it out. Uh, there's lots of uh, commentary on that uh, that mini in the group. Okay, cool. look at that. 
and then we come back to us. Cool. Okay, so we have been going for uh, two hours. We've talked about a whole bunch of things. Um, mm -hmm. One of the things we didn't talk about uh, that I originally said we we're going to talk about <laughs> was uh, Warhammer: The Old World. Uh, but uh, save it for next week. We'll save it for next week. We'll save it for. We can save it for another time. Um, uh, we talked about didn't talk about lots of uh, lots of cool stuff um, that uh, Josh has been up to, uh, and that the Crown of Command is focused on. Um, Josh has uh, been chatting to a bunch of folks from your Crown of Command community about uh, the old world. Uh, Thirty second general feeling, general opinions. Go for it. Okay. Well, look. Firstly, I'm just really excited. First and foremost, that you know everyone's excited about it. Everyone picked up the rule book. I think it took GW by surprise the volume of people you know lining up outside Warhammer World to pick up their first copies, the orders they got initially, and I'm just excited for anybody anybody who's getting into the hobby for the first time or people coming back into Warhammer, you know, dusting off their miniatures or painting up their new armies. Excited about the made-to-order stuff that's coming up with like the Marauder Giant, the old uh, Marauder Wyvern, and uh, all on live and that kind of thing. So there's a lot of buzz and activity around in the community at the moment, which is great to see. Um, I've not personally played the game as yet. I will give it a go to give my personal feelings about the game and if things that I do like and maybe not so keen on or whatever. But uh, initially, I'm just happy that people are actually playing Warhammer again. So that's all I really wanted to say at this point in time. And maybe I can give my thoughts later once I've played the game and give you more of a, you know, um, a better better idea of what i how i feel about it yep no that'd be cool definitely good but no thank you um yeah i, I agree i'm i am excited that uh a it's 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 back mm. uh kind of thing but also that uh, so many people are excited about it and a lot yeah. of people are experiencing it for the first time so um exactly. that's a super cool thing too they also they were really clever with it too where they they it like it's it's for a new community but also it's to like uh, it's to appeal to folks that like the old Warhammer stuff. Like, like Dave, you were talking about the the two books, the forces of fantasy and the ravening hordes. That's yeah. a deliberate callback to like two yeah. of their books from whatever, 25 yeah. years ago or something. So uh, like, I, I appreciate that they're, it's like when they launched Primaris Marines, right? They're trying yeah. to appeal to two communities. Like, it's like, you're trying to appeal to like a new community that wants to play like more straight up fantasy. And they've heard about Warhammer, but like, it's not a thing anymore. And then also people who miss Warhammer. Yeah, and I, and I think they did a really good job of kind of like walking that line without mm -hmm. like without really like upsetting anybody too badly. But yeah, even <laughs> in our store, like we we ordered a bunch of it, and we were like, ah, like how heavy do we want to go? Like, do we want to go nuts on it? And we sold basically everything. I think we have, I think I have two paperbacks of each of the army specific rules. I think I have two of the mm -hmm. Tomb Kings rule books, and I think I have two of the Bretonian like the little skinny books. I think that's all I have left. We, I might have one army, but I think we sold it. Yeah. We, but we sold everything we ordered. It was crazy. That's great. Definitely cool. Awesome. Uh, so time for us to wrap up. Uh, Josh, thanks you very, thank you very much for uh, joining us all the way from Japan. No, thank you both. I really appreciate he's, it. You guys Dave, Dave, he's huge in Japan. I don't know if you know. <laughs> I, I, I had heard that. I had it's huge. That. I don't know how I'm, I'm stuck in the countryside, mate. There's no one out here but like rice fields and pigs. 
So <laughs> maybe I'll pop it amongst the, the local uh, agricultural community. I don't know. But um, look, yeah, look, I'm really happy that you guys wanted to ask me on and talk about uh, especially Old Hammer or, you know, uh, the new Warhammer. And um, yeah, I really look forward to having you guys onto the Crown of the Command podcasts. So we can, you know, introduce you to our community who maybe don't know about you, but of course they know Dave, but they haven't met Jake before. And that way they can come back and, you know, start watching your live streams and getting in, involved with your community, which would be great. So look forward to that, guys. Definitely. Uh, super cool. Thank you. Um, so thanks for everybody in the chat who's joined us. Uh, thanks for Lee. It's a great show. Tune in again, guys. I'm excited to pick up Old World. Uh, Last Fantasy Battle Army I started was Beastman back in the late 90s. Uh, never got finished, so I'm starting that again. Very cool. Uh, and one thing I will uh, will say as well. Um, oh, damn. So, oh, so yeah, next week. Next week we have Reese Knight, who is the community manager for my mini factory. Uh, so we will be doing a lot of talking about uh, 3D printing. Awesome. Um, it should be uh, super cool. I'm very excited about that. And then in two weeks' time, we're back with uh, Tale of Four Warlords. You can see where Jake got all of, gets all of those characters painted up. Yeah, come on, Jay. You got to paint those now. Yeah, it's it, <laughs> the, the problem is the problem is I'm not Dave. Like Dave paints, <laughs> Dave paints so much so fast, and yeah. I and I don't. So uh, I'm hoping that I can get, I'm hoping I can get everything done for Adapticon. That's that's my goal. Yeah. Well, there is a guy in Japan who paints for a living, so you know you could contact him and he could paint them for you. But again, like by the cheating, time I get it built in prime and and mailed <laughs> to you, and then you paint it and mail it back. I'll just send oh photos, mate. I'll send photos. <laughs> then you, you, you stick them to some cardboard, cut them out. And... Yeah, they're perfect. Be fine. Yeah. All good. Awesome. Okay. Um, cool. Thanks very much. Uh, Josh, thanks very much, everybody who joined us tonight. Uh, yep. Thank you, everybody. Uh, yeah, thank you, everybody, in the chat. And thank you very, very much for your kind comments. Sorry I haven't replied to those. But, yeah, thank you for putting up with me for two hours. And I hope I didn't bore you to death with all my 90s nostalgia. So. Yep. Uh, but uh, thank you again, guys. I really appreciate it. Cool. It was a pleasure. Uh, Dave, we all set? We are all set. Uh, so hang out for a minute, Josh. Uh, I'll do the same thing as we did earlier yep. at the start. But... Yep, no problem. But at the end. Okay, well, thanks, everybody, again. Uh, like Dave said, thank you very much to Josh. Thank you, for everybody, for joining us. Uh, if you guys need anything, use any of the links below. Or you can – whoa, what happened? Why am I out of focus? What's whoa. going on? There we go. Um, <laughs> use any of the links below. You can also post and message stuff on our Facebook group. Um, if anybody has any questions about painting, you can message us on there. I'm, I'm sure you can message Josh as well. Uh, we have a lot of great painters in the community. So even if one of us don't get back to you, my favorite thing about the community right now is people will post stuff and then other members of the community will immediately jump in and kind of chime in. And we're, we're really fortunate that we have a very like positive, like, uh, sort of encouraging community, which is something that we strive for. Uh, so you can get a lot of great advice there. Um, but otherwise we will see you guys next week. Thank you so much. Uh, don't forget to click all the bells and whistles and like and subscribe and tell your friends about us. Uh, and as always, do not forget to build, build paint, play. play. Very good. <laughs> <Saturday>. <laughs>
Shut up and sit down.